Hey, everyone, today is Thursday, the 16th of April 2020. This is The Gap, episode 512. I'm Luke Laurie. Job Gilroy is here, and we don't have any goats on this show, uh, surprisingly. Have you heard about this that's going on? No, what? Goats? Uh, yeah, so, like, some farm, in the, I think in the US somewhere, has started up, like, a um, this Zoom service where you can invite animals into your meetings. Right. And they're making a fuckload of money. Why? Why? Because <laughs> right. it's, it's smart. It's weird. First of all, it's weird. And second of all, we do have a goat on this show. Me. I'm uh, the greatest of all time at game reviews. Okay, so... Boom. Uh, that yeah. was my setup. I, I did that on purpose. Oh, I, I could tell. Because it was so clean. It was such a... You know, as alley-oops go, then we fucking nailed that one. Um, yeah. yeah. So... Because I've seen a lot of people, like, I was doing a fucking interview the other day, uh, mm. and, like, it was a big group interview, and right at the end, uh, they were like, oh, any any other questions? And, like, there were some good questions, some fine questions, I didn't ask any questions, because uh, on top of the group interview, I was also doing uh, one-on-one, so I'm like, I'm not right. giving any of these motherfuckers my actual questions. Yeah. And they already asked how many pixels... We're in the hair, and you're like, damn it. Two polygons. We're in the guns. Um, And, uh, yeah, so I'm like, oh, fuck this shit. I'm out. Um, So I'm just, like, waiting for them to finish signing off. And, uh, yeah, someone chimes in and, like, oh, Mm. uh, can we get uh, your dog back on camera? And all you hear is, Joby has left the meeting. (laughs) Dead serious. That's exactly what happened. Like... (laughs) The the interview subject, the interviewee, stood up to go get the dog. And I'm like, fuck this. Peace. I'm peacing out of this. I've got no fucking time for this shit. I don't give a fuck about some dude's dog. Uh, it had wandered into the like into the room during the interview. Right. Like, it's sort of been in the background. It wasn't even yeah. that cute a dog. Like, get the fuck out of here. Come on. Come on. I get pissed off that you keep opening the fucking door. Like, uh, that's the worst thing about being able to see you. Hmm. Um Everyone listening to this audio podcast, as they should be, uh, they don't have to see this, but Luke, like, every fucking, I don't know, eight minutes or so will open his door and then close his door uh, while staring at the camera like some fucking weirdo. And it's to, I assume, let the cats in uh, or out or whatever. Uh, One of those two. Correct. Yeah. Because otherwise Uh, they sit there and they'll, like, start making noise or start, like, scratching at the door and it just gets worse. They want to know why the door is shut, basically. Right. Like, this door shouldn't be shut. Why is it shut? You must well, open it now. They're like, your parents, when, you know, you just turned 13, and like, why is this door shut, mister? You're like, fucking, oh, oh, <laughs> don't ask questions you don't want the answers to, mum. Because <laughs> uh, of wanking. Um, anyway, you can't just trying to catch a wanking, is what I'm driving at. Um, anyway, so, yeah. Yeah, uh, that's it. I've overshared uh, already in this podcast, so I don't know, let's move on. Let's. What else is going on? How's uh, How's San Fran? He's still in lockdown. <clears throat> oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I did my um, my first virtual doctor appointment um, this week, which was what? interesting. What <clears throat> doctor? First virtual doctor's appointment. Oh, like, doctors. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, they, uh, they're not accepting patients into 
uh, rooms at the moment. So they're doing everything virtually. Um, so you talk to them via Zoom, I guess. And then if they decide they need to see you in person, then they can do that. They, I guess they're just trying to mitigate, obviously, the spread Contact, of the virus. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that stuff is, I went out of the house for that and uh, did some shopping. But otherwise, it's business as usual here. It's still nothing much much going on we bought a um my wife bought a a bar cabinet uh extremely large bar cabinet because we've oh, yeah. got um the last month or how i don't even know how long we've been in lockdown for at this stage six five six weeks or something um basically every week the, the fridge has been i'd say a quarter full of alcohol and the rest of it like food for the week but yep. it got to the point where we had so much alcohol that it was just sort of in boxes and shit. Just have you considered <laughs> not buying more alcohol? No, so that's buy the problem. A bar fridge. Oh, you it can't get, stop. It gets to like Friday, and it's like three o'clock, and I'm just like, when are we? St- when are we drinking? Right. But she'll be still working because she uh, works very hard. Yep. Um, and then it gets to about five, and I'm like cracking cans open. Yep. Uh, and generally, that's when we start drinking. So like, um. Friday's drinking and then Saturday's drinking and video games mm. and then Sunday is a bit more drinking. Yep. Um, so we've got to put all this stuff somewhere. But we've gotten to the point now where we've started expanding and we've obviously bought a lot of wine as well. Um, and with wine, you kind of buy it and leave it there for a little bit. Like it's yep. for occasion sometimes. Unless you go buy um, like stuff you kind of want to drink, like cheap wine. Um, right. Locks. Like I'm going to drink it tonight. Bag. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, as opposed to being Something like, gonna I'm going to have some nice wine on. for dinner. Yeah, of course. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's not in a bag. Um, <laughs> I don't think they do bags. That, I haven't seen any. Um, no, I'm pretty sure that's an Australian only thing. Yeah. I was right. talking to someone who reckoned that, oh, yeah, yeah, one of the dudes uh, I play Warzone with mm. uh, reckons his, da- uh, his granddad or great-granddad invented the goon bag. And it was like by accident cool. or some shit. He was like, he was a doctor trying to invent something else. And he's like, yeah. oh, I could probably chuck wine in this. Yeah. And it worked. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we, we've gotten like to a spot where we got too much wine. And then on top of that, the uh, like um, spirits, your Jack Daniels or your vodkas and your gins and all that yeah. sort of stuff, like running out of spots for that. So, And we were, we were going to get a bar cabinet at some stage. We needed to put it somewhere. Um, so she's bought that. And then that's starting to fill up. Mm. We got more alcohol coming. She put in like an order yesterday for a bunch Just of alcohol. Just stop buying it. <laughs> but wait, we haven't gone there yet. On top of that, she's now doing a masterclass um, where they teach you how to mix cocktails and things like that. So we're currently watching that. Right. Because we're going to make cocktails during... What the fuck is that? Like you, <laughs> your favorite cocktail is like... Coke. random amount of coke, coke and, and too much fucking bourbon yeah like I don't, it seems like it's wasted on you good lord fucking yeah. you guys are just you got this this seems like a downward spiral type moment this seems like yeah. a intervention type thing like i should probably step in here uh no no my, like my i think you're fine because on a gin as well the um during the doctor's point that they asked like standard questions whatever and uh he was like uh, so how much do you drink every week and i'm like well <laughs> at the moment <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> we're drinking a lot and he was like yeah that's fine and he's like laughing like yeah like so am i <laughs> type thing good lord um, yeah anyway so lots of my lots of drinking my mm. problem drinking wise has been that i don't it, like i've been getting up really early right like at basically six on the dot now yeah um because i guess daylight savings means that six on the dot is seven yeah. and i was already waking up at like six thirty seven, but now it's just straight for up work, yeah. six o'clock uh no not for work i just fucking wake up oh. then um and that's why they call him old man job because the because the three planes that are allowed to <laughs> fly around australia now all directly like stream over my fucking apartment as soon as the curfew lifts at sydney airport um so i just you know i hear that and like i'm awake um and yeah so six o'clock so i've i've been finding because like nobody else is awake at six o'clock in the morning so i do work i'm awake well, yeah, but you like you have not you've literally not been responding to anything all week. You have been, I, I assume, down a Final Fantasy VII remake rabbit hole. Uh, <laughs> so every time we're like, "Oh, you want to play a game?" You say nothing, and uh, and we just uh, me and Nate just play on our own. Uh, well, generally now because of the time shift, it's a little bit harder because when you guys are jumping on, I'm guessing it's about five. Uh, no. Like, just after lunch or something? Like, three to... Three to five-ish. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. And for me, that is, like, when I'm just finished having dinner, like, we're watching TV, like a TV show or a movie or something like that. Um, A film, as you described it. A film. film. Luke watches films now. He doesn't watch movies. Yeah, I'm watching a film. (laughs) I definitely watch movies, because most of them recently have been pretty bad oh yeah um what were you watching when you were watching a film when you said you were watching a film um what day was this Uh, so last here's my thursday night friday night or our time oh no it must be your time yeah the 10th uh we summon the darkness what the fuck is that it is a hmm film it's it's a I guess a horror thriller. Horror thriller. Okay. Thriller horror film um, about these cult killings that are going on. Right. Uh, and these uh, three women get sort of entangled in it all uh, and things don't work out as they, as you'd hope, I guess, for them. Film um, yeah, uh, it's not it's not great. Like the last Narrative. like six or seven movies I've watched have been pretty average. Oh, but sorry, not even average, below uh, average. Did you watch Underwater? No, not yet. I don't think it's out here yet. Oh okay. Yeah. Uh, I watched John Wick three again on the weekend. I haven't seen yeah. it since we watched it twice in one. Still, still a five star film. Awful. Fantastic, fantastic movie. <laughs> so uh, um, it is so good uh but yeah uh otherwise i haven't really been watching movies oh i watched all the tiger king finally i watched the tiger king right. and i uh i could not have guessed where that fucking tv show was going but uh yeah the tiger king and i is that follow-up the like with john McCow. yeah i thought it was pretty yeah. good i mean yeah 
I, I saw some people complaining, but these are the same people like my little brother who like went full fucking crazy down the, the Tiger King rabbit hole. And he's like, I already knew all this shit. I already knew the, uh, the meth dude with no teeth had like gotten his act together and stuff like that. You know, this is nothing new. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, but it's not for you. It's not for the fucking Tiger King lunatics. Right. It's for the people who sort of watched Tiger King and made some Carol Baskin memes and then fucking moved on with their lives. Yeah. I had more, like, and I didn't know anything else about yeah, it. Like, and yeah. Tuned in. Well, so I, I watched it. Um, and there's a moment like they clear up a bunch of stuff, obviously like, a lot of them, or some of them aren't happy with their portrayals and they understand it's a it's a documentary. There's supposed to be storylines and that's kind of the way things work. But there was a moment during the film where, uh, without spoiling, sorry, the documentary, without spoiling it, like um, the campaign manager, something happens to him oh, yeah. involving someone else. Yeah. And I was like, oh, they're going to touch on this subject. And he, he talks about it. But he sort of clears something up because I thought something else happened. But yeah. his takeaway is that yeah. it wasn't that. It was something else. And I was like, oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah. Um. So like me, I didn't go through that whole, you know, reading up on the internet about what happened with these people. I just kind of watched that last interview with them. So yeah, definitely fills some holes and that sort of stuff. But do you think that she did it? <laughs> Uh, yeah, she did. She killed Absolutely. Like 100%. Of course. I saw Louis Thoreau reckons that she probably didn't. That was what he mm. said. Unlikely that she killed her husband. Like, mate, that's what makes it so fucking certain. That's what makes it guarantee that she did it. The, yeah. the fucking uh, nugget of doubt in your mind that, that why would someone do that? Um but yeah. Why would he just disappear off the face of the earth? <laughs> right? <laughs> like this millionaire. Yeah. The weekend he's going to divorce her. Like, hmm. yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Trying to trying to dig through that one. Um, but yeah, anyway. Um, cool. Uh, uh, what I was going to say is, uh, yeah, I wake up really early. I start doing work immediately. And then, like, I get to like 3.30. And I'm like, well, I'm fucking done. I'm done for the day. Uh, so right. I'm just going to... I don't know. It's so like, you're not doing nine to five; you're doing seven to three, and bam. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and it's like Marge when they moved to um, they moved to the fucking uh, Mr. Scorpion's town. Yeah, sure. Uh, in the Simpsons, and uh, mm-hmm. she like the house cleans itself. She's like, "Well, I guess so." I'll she starts drink. drinking. Yeah, that's basically <laughs> yeah. what's happened with me. Except I get fucking. I'm like. I'm sorted by like six o'clock then. Like three hours drinking when you don't have any beer in the house and all you've got is whiskey uh, and like a fuck ton of whiskey. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like it's, it's, it is it is quick. Like it fucking sorts itself out pretty quickly. And yeah, anyway. Um, I don't think I need an intervention, but I'm starting to think you might because you just keep buying more. If you buy a fucking bar fridge to store all the booze you have, I think yeah. you've gone too far. The next step... It's not a fridge, be, it's just a cabinet. So it's not fucking motorized, it's still like a fucking box. <laughs> if you you've got, like, you've got a box, you've got a shelf behind you. Yeah, that's because that's fucking classy as fuck, baby. Um, <laughs> the, the next step is you hire a storage unit mm. as a wine cellar. 
I've got a friend no. who does that, and it's about the wankiest thing I can think of. It is insane. Right. Yeah. Like, well, you can get that, to the point where you've got an actual seller. Well, like you'd actually, yeah. Like, I don't, I don't understand how you're going to have an actual seller in San Francisco, uh, unless unless you guys are way richer than I thought. In which case, <laughs> like, what the fuck? Um, but yeah, like, yeah, they like these. The the friend I've got who rents a wine cellar is stupid fucking rich and right. Uh, yeah, he'd still he'd still need to be even richer. Like he lives in a like in a place. His place has like <clears throat> views of the Sydney Harbour, and he can like sit on his roof for mm. New Year's to watch the fucking fireworks and that kind of shit. Like stupid, idiotic in Sydney. The their house is worth like millions. It's yeah. dumb. Anyway, uh, what I'm saying is. He isn't rich enough to have a seller in his place, right. right? So you'd have to be fucking crazy rich. I I assume like uh, like uh, it's it's economies of scales. What, what what the fuck do I know about rich? You know, I Jeff know. Bezos is probably like uh, I have <laughs> eight of those uh, those houses that he has, and they're just there to house. My sellers. I just told. I I don't even use the upstairs bits. They're just there for the seller part, uh, and I just fill the apartment with wine. That kind of shit. Yeah, you know, um, you know, like um, uh, LeBron likes to drink a little bit at, oh, yeah. at night while he's he having his, food. You know, he loves to eat, pray, and love. Yes. Yeah, I I had a look at like some of the wine he was drinking the other yeah. day. Yeah, and uh, it ain't cheap wine. <laughs> Shot. LeBron James does not drink cheap wine during dinner. Uh, yeah, that doesn't really surprise me. Doesn't he spend like a, a million dollars a year on body upkeep? Like right, just yeah. keeping his body in tip-top shape? It's because he's drinking $500 US bottles of wine every right. night. Yeah, it's all coming together. Yeah. Um. Anyway, we've digressed. Uh, video games. Hey, before we start, I want to talk about yeah. Stardew Valley. Okay. It's not on the list because I haven't been playing it. But uh, my right. wife was getting a bit like cabin fevery on the weekend. Mm. And uh, she wanted to watch uh, movies and stuff like that. And I wanted to, you know, not. And uh, <laughs> you wanted to keep drinking. You were like, get out of here. <laughs> and slam the door. It's, this is my office. It's where I Go work. <laughs> yeah. Glug, glug, glug. Uh, <laughs> Go do some farming. <laughs> so I, I put Stardew Valley on the Switch and uh, set her up to play it. And uh, she fucking loves that game. Holy shit. She's way down there. Like she was, I don't think she was having a lot of fun at first. She was mm. like sort of just, she was doing stuff. She didn't really know what she was doing and all this kind of stuff. And like she was annoyed at some of the things that it did because like she planted some crops at the wrong time in the season and it fuck up her whatever and now but now she's fucking way in she's like balls deep she's like playing it at all hours like anytime she's not working she's now playing stardew valley uh which is i think adorable as fuck and uh yeah i just want to point it out anyway stardew valley good stuff any uh, interest in like animal crossing at all no so she knew about stardew valley because she listens mm. to a shitload of podcasts 
She listens to podcasts while she plays Stardew Valley. She's like fucking multitasking. I wouldn't be able to do it. I'd be like, what? Which one am I doing here? Am I listening to these motherfuckers or anyway? Uh, yeah. So um, yeah, she was listening and and they were talking about Animal Crossing and she'd heard that Animal Crossing was just a shit version of Stardew Valley uh, because it you know involves time gate stuff which is true uh i don't understand i don't understand i think i've i don't know if i've said this on the podcast before but animal crossing is literally just farmville it's literally just farmville but somehow everyone's fucking in on it and it's a nintendo game because it's a nintendo game yeah um but yeah anyway um stardew valley isn't like that it's all self-contained uh yeah anyway cool that's about it um, video games. Yep. What do we want to say? While we're talking about stuff uh, out, out of left field, I played Slay the Spire. Hmm. Uh, I played Slay the Spire on my tablet while having a bath because hmm. I installed Steam Link on my tablet. Right. And then I was able to fucking just play like Slay the Spire from my computer. <clears throat> on the fucking Steam Link. That, nice. was the, that was the fucking best shit ever. Uh, but not every game is linked up to Steam Link, so uh, you can't play every game. Because my intention right. had been to play Monster Train, but uh, Monster Train isn't available on Steam Link, probably because it's not out yet, because it's just a preview build or whatever. Um, sure. So, yeah, played Slay the Spire instead. Uh, it was surprising how quickly I uh, fell back into nailing it with Slay the Spire. Uh, a lot of it just comes back very quickly. Uh, it's so different to Monster Train. Like the the way you play it is like super different. Um, so there there was definitely some adjustment because I was you know mentally prepared to be playing Monster Train. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, once I adjusted, yeah. Slay the Spire came back pretty naturally. There was a bunch of games that I could have been playing. I could have played fucking Dead Cells, but uh, I didn't have like a controller plugged in or anything, so I, right. I don't think that would have worked very well. Would have been the, one of the on-screen control situations. You can like Bluetooth the controller into the like to connect to the tablet and shit. Probably mm-hmm. that works fine and stuff. Um, I don't know if I necessarily want to play dead cells either there wasn't like lag yeah. you know on my home network obviously my home network is up to the task of streaming data around um there wasn't like lag but there were like it had just sort of lose it'd like switch it did very seamlessly switch to like fucking Different 240p <laughs> yeah. yeah it'd be like real good quality and then fucking garbage for like five seconds and i think that would be enough like it wasn't like stuttering yeah it was very fucking quick very smooth but i think it'd still be enough to throw you off in a a game of dead cells type situation anyway Mm -hmm. good stuff good stuff uh should we talk about monster train now or do you want to leave for later yeah we can do that now monster train i've been playing more monster train as well i've uh beaten the final bosses finally um I've got a pretty good system in place that I think works, would, or should work every single time. Um, 
where you know with the with the what is it umbra and stygian clans um i just i really understand how they synergize together umbra is the um the death dealing cult that uh i think isn't available in the beta and stygian is uh they're the other clan that isn't available in the beta <laughs> mm-hmm. uh but um yeah they're available in, the, in our preview build and um and they will be available in, in the later game um yeah they just they just worked well together um you basically the umbra are the the team that sort of you feed their own little uh i guess they've got these little the morsel uh like units and so yeah. you play a morsel unit and then at the end of the turn uh the unit at the front uh will eat a morsel and it will gain stats based on what that morsel does so the morsel might be right. plus two health or restore six health or um plus five attack plus two rage all that kind of stuff uh and then you've got uh the gorge card um ability and gorge adds other uh effects so it might be uh the the champion for umbra has a gorge uh, um like effect that is plus three attack plus three health and so you can feed him up uh so that he's super buff uh mm-hmm. throughout the game um i just i i, I find him to be kind of useless though to be honest sure um so what i have or had was a unit that did gorge it started out zero damage uh and quite a bit of health zero damage uh but it would gain plus two anytime it ate a morsel so uh yeah you it'd like feed up and uh by the end of this by the end of one of my games, this dude, this uh, this unit was doing fucking. I'd added multi strike, and mm. sort of buffed it with extra health along the way. I'd spent a lot of money on just this one unit, basically. Um, but by the end of the game, he was doing 190 damage twice. Mm. And uh, the way buffing units up works in Monster Train is you can only buff them three times, so you got to be pretty careful. Like if you like the first shop you come to that allows you to buff units might give you the option of like plus four attack, yeah. Right, that's not worth it. It's just it's just flat out not worth it. The only time it's worth it is when you've got like there are a couple of units that are like uh, multi strike three, so it will yeah. do four attacks. Um, <clears throat> if you can chuck, uh, but it, it only has like one damage on it. Sure. And then it will also have like multi strike three and like slay, add, add attack permanently or something like that. And yeah. so all you really want is to get that unit killing things. And in that case, adding four damage is effectively adding sixteen damage, uh, and that's when it's worth it. But otherwise, four is never worth it because later on you get the opportunity to add quick or multi-strike or whatever so this gorge unit anytime it ate anything it plus to attack for the rest of the game whereas normally plus three the the 
champion does plus three attack plus three health for that battle only uh so yeah you're basically feeding this dude up it takes a while and he starts out pretty like low but all you do is you put him on the highest tier like highest level and then every turn you just fucking feed him you just constantly feed him shit so that mm. by the end yeah he's he was quick multi-strike and uh and i think i'd buffed his health plus eight health to make sure he lived basically uh and he was doing 190 times two the final boss is uh has 666 damage uh i had a card where if i spent two mana i could add trample and so what was happening uh what wound up happening was i put my big guy on the bottom floor I continue to feed him up, mostly just to heal him. I'd like use the heal the plus six restore six health, uh, or plus three lifesteal. Um but yeah, I put him and I just continue to feed him. And what, what happened was the final boss slotted in below him or next to him and like in front of him were three units mm-hmm. and like Two of them had a hundred uh, health each, but he killed one of them in the first hit, and then the second killed that too, and then the unit behind that had like fucking five or something. It was a healer unit, and so he did like eighty-five damage beyond that because I added trample. Yeah, so by it's the not time wasted, he, basically. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's it's all this like extra damage. And then anytime he went to like nothing lived through that first floor, and anytime he went to the other floors, I had like nowhere near as big, but like quite big units sitting on those floors as well, and he'd get hit by them as well. And so by the time the like the final round came along, uh, which is when the you know it's uh it's the relentless round so at the end of the waves of enemies uh the final boss will show up and then just keep attacking until he kills your units or you kill him and then he will Mm. kill that like floor and then move up to the next floor by the time that final wave came uh yeah it was way too late uh he died in the first fucking round like just straight up dead never had a fucking hope um yeah the boss was just fucking blitzed and uh yeah well like this i must by the end of that game i was i had i had that guy on the first floor and it was basically just an engine like at that point an engine of destruction they were Mm. sending people in that to that floor to die because like they never made it out the only the only time it came close the only reason i didn't get like a flawless game was uh they had uh i opted in like an idiot i think uh to you know at the start of a a battle you can modify to get bonuses so you can add whatever everyone has spell shield and you get plus 100 gold Hmm. i'd done that and everyone had six spikes and that was very bad for my fat guy because he didn't have that much health. Uh, right. So every everyone he attacked, so it was basically, yeah. Every time he attacked, he took 
a fuck ton of damage and it was extremely so he a couple got through just based on on that alone unfortunately uh otherwise it would have been a flawless fucking run which would have been pretty fucking good but uh yeah beefy anyway uh yeah i still love monster train uh like we found out because we did a interview right uh which you can listen to at the end of this podcast i guess yeah um where we chat with the ceo of shiny shoe studios um and yeah like uh i don't know basically we were talking about he was talking about the the share function you can share challenges with people right yeah uh so you can share these um these runs that you do so the run that i did i can basically copy a code and then share it with you and you're able to then attempt the run and to outdo my uh my attack or my 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 points bonus i guess you know whatever uh and yeah i've tried it out it's pretty cool like it's a it's a good like it's a good function like you basically set out you set up with like all the same you have to play as the same clan uh and you get all the same artifacts and all the same cards offered and all that kind of stuff uh which i guess makes sense and the only real difference is how you deploy everything uh and the choices you make and whether or not you know whether or not you choose to go for the artifact uh bonus which would lead to you know copying a shit ton and spikes damage stuff like Mm. that you know um yeah yeah it's smart because it allows them to do things like daily challenges as well yeah where you can you know you finish the game per se but you can still jump in every once in a while and have a different sort of experience that everybody else is having and and some sort of leaderboard system and that sort of thing yeah exactly um and the way they do it is is pretty like super clever as well because it's really easily shared like Mm. it's just a code that immediately leads you to to the the i don't know like once you click it it takes you into the game and stuff which yeah yeah. awesome um i definitely definitely keen for it to come out and to try some people's challenges uh because i like what i liked about it i don't want to do like challenges where you sort of you're doing like uh this is a really tough one or whatever i want to do like challenges where shit gets way out of hand like you sort of just like like my one right where the opportunity is to see how fucking fed you can get right uh and if like you know it sucks it sucks that i like i can't share this code out on our discord because nobody else is playing the preview build because i'd love to see how other people went with hmm. that one because they're like maybe it's not the most like maybe i didn't play it the most efficient way right like maybe i fucked up i oh, I, right. I actually actively remember a couple of times when i misplayed but like maybe i fucked up in the sense that like maybe there's a far more efficient way to play it out sure and yeah i don't know it'd be interesting to see definitely keen to keep keep checking it out oh you know absolutely it's it's my time waster at the moment my my computer time waster i've got another time waster but 
Yeah. 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 Um, all right, Monster Train. Um, yeah, so obviously we've got an interview. That'll be at the end of the episode, but we can talk about that a bit more once we get to it. Um, so stick around. Anyway, uh, what else have we got here? These other two games you've got, are they new or are they older games? Uh, one of them isn't that new. Uh, one of them is brand new. So let's do the uh, the other time waster first. Anti-matter yep. dimensions is an incremental clicker game on your phone uh, where you are creating antimatter and uh, it's pretty good uh oh uh oh uh oh uh oh uh, yeah I've played it I'm just going to check my stats on it because it tells you all the stats and stuff mm. I've played it for 11 days 15 hours 16 minutes and 32 seconds it's only uh, on android okay uh yeah or on pc i guess um oh what are you playing it on i'm on android uh okay. it, it's very good on android um so basically it's a classic clicker game you click uh and it makes antimatter you you create these so you've got dimensions and you, you've got your dimensions and you make the first dimension that makes antimatter make the second dimension and that makes first dimensions make the third dimension that makes second dimensions and it cascades all the way down mm-hmm. uh and the numbers get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and i love it already it's good oh yeah and then you're trying to make infinite antimatter yeah uh but infinite infinity in this case has a number i, I think it is exceeding the number uh, that represents the amount of matter that exists mm-hmm. uh, because once you pass that amount technically I believe uh, it would represent the idea that any matter now outweighs or out out yeah outweighs the amount of matter in the world sure. um, so once you do that once you reach infinity um, then it's changes then everything changes uh you can break infinity uh you can then have other dimensions infinite dimensions that power up your your smaller dimensions and uh you've got uh it's hard to it's hard to describe i guess without you don't want to spoil it because it goes it's not like cookie clicker crazy but it is like yeah. Part of the fun is the, you know, discovery. Yeah. The discovery of how much it keeps like changing everything. Sure. But uh, you've got like it, it's it's a surprisingly active game. This, but it's it's active in its inactivity because what what it's doing is it it is getting you to pay attention to it so that you can maximize your efficiency in automating it. It's a game where, like, I remember when we were talking about Cookie Clicker, we were talking about how uh, uh, arguably uh, an auto-clicker, right, isn't mm. isn't that big a deal in a Cookie Clicker, right? Like, in a, in a Clicker game, having an auto-clicker, I, yeah. I personally don't think is cheating. Well, not for that game. They yeah. had specifically designed elements so that yeah. you were supposed to be using it. Exactly. 
Right. That's what we. That's that's the rabbit hole we went down when we were playing Cookie Clicker. However, fucking many years ago, this game has a clicker, like an auto clicker, or at least a rapid fire clicker built in. But you have to like know how to use it. There's a trick to it. So mm. you can press the max button on the bottom of the screen, on the bottom right of the of the screen, and you will hammer out as many as possible. Uh, but you can also, they've built it so that, like, the mobile app, uh, the developer themselves has made it so that you can actually force that max button to be on at all time times as long as the screen is on. If the screen turns off, the max button turns off, um, and you have to, like, it's not perfect. You, you can't, like, you got to do it in a certain way, and there's, like, little elements to it, but, like, it's there, and it's deliberate, but it feels like a trick, uh, which is very cool. And it, it's there to sort of make up for the fact that it's supposed to exist. Uh, mm-hmm. Like an auto clicker is supposed to exist in this game. And yeah, which is cool. Uh, yeah, there's all these achievements. And the more achievement, like once you, when you complete a row of achievements, uh, you, your dimensions get a like boost. Uh, so you're actively doing all these achievements. There's challenges, and the challenges give you boosts. Um, there's auto buyers, and you can boost those auto buyers. You can bulk buy in the auto buyers, and all this kind of stuff. Uh, and there's yeah, just this rabbit hole that you keep going down. Um, the challenges are like can be pretty tricky, like fucking sure. rough. Um, but once you complete them, you know it. It winds up being quite worth it. And then uh, for large, there, there is... I, I think the closest I came to turning it off was pretty recently because uh, you get to a point when you've got... What am I at at the moment? I'm at... I'm at... Oh, so at, at a certain point, you stop making... Or you stop caring about making any metal. And uh, you care more about making infinities. And um, I'm currently at 9.3 to the power of 21. To like 9.3 with 21 zeros after it. Um, infinity points. When you get around the 7-0 infinity mark... Hmm. Uh, the game slows to a fucking halt and it is very annoying and uh, you sort of just have to grind your way out of that bit but then it goes back to being good again uh, I don't know how they would fix that because uh, I don't really know the fucking ins and outs of the game uh, but I, I looked into it quite a bit and it doesn't seem like it's something that they can fix so you mm. sort of have to power through that bit and then the game gets good again. But basically what you're doing after that is like, you've got like a, to make an infinity points, you go past infinity and then you, you get infinity points based on how far past infinity you go. And you have to crunch to get those points. And you get a bit, a crunch buyer and so the active portion of the game after that point is trying to manipulate. Like there are a number of ways to determine your most efficient amount of crunch. Uh, sorry, mm-hmm. of infinity points per crunch. 
or per minute per crunch per crunch per minute rather uh, and so basically what you're doing is you're watching that and trying to manipulate incrementally uh that so that you can get them like the most you can at a time and i've found generally when i get to a point where i've nailed that efficiency that's when i will be earning like i'll like fucking i don't know i can then look and i'll be like oh in fucking now i've got this at maximum efficiency in about fucking five minutes i will have reached the next tier and i'm gonna have to do all this shit again because all the fucking numbers are gonna change um and you can leave it like you can absolutely leave it and it's not that big a deal you're slightly less efficient um but you can also if you're so inclined go in and actually adjust it again to try and find the efficiency and it's got all i what's cool is it it has all the tools there to allow you to do that stuff and i know Mm -hmm. there's way more coming as well um like it gets loonier from where i'm at um but yeah so uh it's a good clicker game it's it's a good little time waster um and yeah as an idle game i don't i don't think it it doesn't seem to take up too much battery either right like it's not that heinous on the battery usage which is yeah. surprising um because yeah a number of i i feel like cookie like clicker games are generally pretty rough on the battery but this is like as uis go it's very fucking basic it's it's not really pushing the limits it's just numbers on a screen it's got some news ticker at the top which you turn off because it doesn't really add anything and yeah that's about it yeah cool i will i've uh downloaded it so nice ready to check it out yeah okay um how's your warzone going you been playing much um yeah played a fuck ton of warzone uh mixed results i guess uh more hackers than i've ever seen uh i was thinking about this maybe it's a good thing that firestorm never went uh free to play because uh obviously it killed firestorm within days but uh yeah like i don't know man the fact that it's free to play and the fact that I guess Infinity Ward appear to be incapable of implementing a decent enough anti-cheat means that Mm. Warzone is fucking inundated with hackers and it is really, really pissing in my cornflakes. Uh, It's just ruining the game for me. Like, you just get to a point where it's like, what's the fucking point? Like, why would I even bother anymore? Um, I can't, it's that it's that classic cheater thing, right? The the moment when you feel like the moment when your first reaction is that seems sus, I feel like is never a good moment in a game, right? Mm-hmm. Like, or the moment when every other game you're wondering at the back of your mind, you're you're like, was that sus or is that guy just good, right? Mm-hmm. If you if you trend more towards that guy's sus that's bad for a game right like PUBG, eh, right i saw a couple of hackers i definitely saw a bunch of hackers in PUBG, but i never felt like i was seeing a lot of hackers but 
Warzone feels like it is set up to make hacking work, basically. To make hacking fucking... We got... I got... Me and Nate got hack killed on the drop. An aimbotter popped his shoots and then cut so that he'd have his gun and then aimbotted us while we were shooting. Like, while we were parachuting. Like... Right. And... It, but, sorry, I say parachuting. We weren't. We were fucking diving. Right? It's not like... Yeah. It's not like we were fucking sitting there having a fucking long drop. We were fucking diving. And this dude... And you could see, right? Every single shot. I, I fucking... I alt F10 that shit so that I could get his name so I could fucking report him. And you can see every single shot hits. Like, that's stupid. That, and to do hmm. it to two different people on the drop? Like, come on, man. Like, they don't... These cheaters don't give a fuck. They just don't care. I had a game... I put a video up on the um, Call of Duty Warzone subreddit hmm. uh, where all the clowns are. My favorite place in the world. Uh, no, I put one up and... Um, now you're the head clown. I'm the king of the clowns. Um, <laughs> I chucked one up there. I, I didn't put it on my Twitter because uh, I say the C-bomb a lot <laughs> in it. And I felt like it might not be, you know, uh, too brand friendly, I guess. Um, but yeah, I chucked it up there and... Uh, this dude, like he, like we had a squad of three, and this dude was our fourth, and I didn't even realize it. I, I don't spend that much time on the school board, like looking at school boards. Uh, but this dude was let landing ages away from us, and he died, and then he won his gulag, and then he landed ages away from us, and then he died, and I brought him back in, and then he died. And I brought him back in. And uh, it wasn't until we got wiped. He was getting really shitty with us. Because he knew he knew a squad. He was like... I, I went back and watched uh, more video. But uh, he knew there was a squad in his house. And he was losing his shit. Because we were like, get in the fucking circle. He's like, there's a squad in this house. And we're like, it doesn't fucking matter. Get in the fucking circle. And he was, he was upset with us because uh, we didn't want to go kill his squad because we didn't have ESP and aimbots, I suppose, uh, to, you know, back us up. Or, I don't know, we didn't have a team that was constantly... Like, it's not like we did poorly in this game, but this dude had fucking 20 kills. We had, I think, 12 between the three of us. We were doing okay. We were holding our own. This dude was just hacking anyway once we we get white he wanders in and we're watching like on his screen and he's like snapping around like just blatantly aimbotting like <laughs> yeah no fucking shame aimbotting so uh yeah we jumped on the fucking i jumped on the chat to like light him up about being a fucking cunt like being a fucking cheating cunt and uh it was flabbergasting how fucking bad he was. Like, his his game sense was for shit. Yeah. Uh-huh. And he was just getting, like... So, yeah. He died four four times in that game. How do you die four times if you got a, like, perfect aim and ESP about where everyone fucking is? How the fuck does that happen? You turd. 
You fucking useless shit. That is fucking hmm. mind-blowing. But they, that's the thing, right? Like, not only are they not capable enough uh, to shoot on their own, to play, like, on their own of their own volition, they're actually not even capable enough to cheat their way to fucking victory. The worst thing is that afterwards, after, like, all, all of this, I went and had a look to see how he went. Uh, see how the team that beat him went. And they had a hacker on their team. Uh, <laughs> they had hacked. a guy. He got out-hacked, uh, yeah. which is gutting. Uh, I don't think he got killed by the hacker, though. Right. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so there was hackers. There's just hackers all over the fucking place. Mm. Um, and they've they've got to do something about it. They reckon they yeah. banned 50,000 accounts. Well, no, they're up to 70,000 now. Um, so this was yesterday, that, that statement where they said they banned 50,000, I think at the start of the month and uh, or last month, and then they've banned another 20,000 uh, since that announcement. So that's still not a lot um, because you think about it, that's two weeks, right? Uh, where they banned 20,000 people. Yeah. I yeah, just don't think that's a lot. <laughs> that's not that, that's not a lot. For a free to play game. It's not enough. No. When when they're saying that they've got um how many million players are up to? Like fifty million, sixty million, something like that? I, the latest number I saw. Yeah. Yeah. That is uh that's that doesn't make any sense. It's not hmm. enough. Um Yeah, especially when like we're in their reporting players. They don't have an active reporting system that's any good. Um it doesn't seem like the reports when you report someone is it's very quick either like we had that guy a week or two back when we were all reported him and he was still playing a couple of days later yeah um and they're people that are like getting 25 to 30 kills every round with 50 percent headshot rate stuff like that and it's like you can obviously see that this person is doing something dodgy yeah um yeah. anyway like I, I think it, they're probably still a couple of weeks off, at least, maybe even a month before they sort out what the, what the fuck they're doing. But this should be like priority one uh, at this stage. There's two priorities: increase the the price <laughs> of the drops, yep. and, and everyone else fix the cheaters. That's it. Like they they got it. They got to do it. They got to get on top of it. Mm. ASAP. Yeah, it's um, it's a mad bummer. Like I, I don't know, man. I just don't like the the doubt. Right. I it's the thing like... of we've talked about where, it, like in a multiplayer game, you can just kind of sort of just leave. But when you're playing yeah. a battle royale game, you've sort of wasted 25 minutes, right, of your time yeah. or 20 minutes where yeah. that can happen. Um, it's the you know the the time waste, the time commitment um, of putting in all this work and then getting fucked right at the last minute where there's no respawn really like you're kind of just dead anywhere else you can just leave what's annoying me as well is that all these hacker trolls are Mm. are like setting their flag as china and like using china as their clan tag and they're clearly not chinese they're doing it specifically to sow that discontent and it doesn't make any fucking sense like why what the fuck is the point like mm. 
what is wrong? Like, do you feel like you're some sort of arm of a propaganda fucking tool or something? Like, is that your fucking, is that your purpose in life? Like, fucking, good lord. That's pathetic. It's just, it's super lame. And, yeah, it, it's just dumb. The whole fucking thing is dumb. Um, yeah. Like, the guy in my one, like, was speaking. He got fucking blapped. We came second because he mm. couldn't fucking, he still got fucking out, out played because a bot can only focus on one target at once. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, three of them shot him all at the same time because, you know, who needs fucking game sense when you've got ESP and you can see all the fucking players coming at you once and you still don't fucking move because you figure you can fucking out, aim bottom. Um, yeah. yeah, he was, like, speaking. He clearly had an Aussie accent uh, based on his ping. He was probably in Western Australia. Um, but he had a China flag. And so when I chucked it up on that subreddit, everyone's sure. like, oh, Chinese. And like, you can hear him talk, dickheads. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? He's Australasian. <laughs> like, um, was he? Did he have like a high rank as well? I don't remember. Yeah, because it seems like the, a lot of the ones that I've come across, come up against, have pretty high ranks, and I don't know if that's just because they're grinding so quickly through yeah. all this, or they've just played it so long they're just like fuck it, I'm just going to start cheating now. It just doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, it's definitely something they've got to sort out. I, uh, I saw that they um, put out another playlist update yesterday and, and they've removed trios now again. They put, we were talking about this last week. They put trios back into the game about a day after we were talking about it. Yeah. Um, so they changed trios to quads. So they had quads and solos. And then the Reddit or the community was complaining about not, about them removing trios. So they added trios back in about two days later. And then yesterday or the day before, they removed trios again and replaced it with an event mode where it's like shotguns and is it sniper rifles or something like that? I haven't yeah. really seen it. Yeah, shotguns and sniper rifle. That mode is fucking terrible. I played it with Nate last night. What the fuck is the point of it? Like, so we landed and we both got double barrel shotguns, the, the yeah. two shot. You can't down someone with the two shot. Like, it doesn't put them down. What the fuck is... So, you're better off not picking up the gun. You're literally better off picking up a fucking... Like, keeping your pistol instead of picking up that gun. So, why the fuck is it in the game? What the fuck is... What the point... Like, what's the point of it? If you're not going to fucking balance it correctly to make it work in Warzone, why would you make a, a fucking mode that revolves around it? Absolutely fucking ridiculous. Maybe that's how they're balancing it. They're getting lots of data. Yeah, maybe. Uh, and then they're going to finally fix shotguns because they're turds. They're fucking shit. I'm just checking. And the first hacker I ever reported, uh, absolutely one of the most blatant hackers I've ever seen, uh, is still playing. Yesterday he got a first place uh, with 46 kills. Hmm. Hmm. So they haven't even fucking gotten rid of six. Well, maybe they so checked it. Just shy of 17,000 damage. Yeah, maybe they did check it, and he's just got a good gaming chair still. Ah, he's he's got its top. He's got the best. Game. That's what it is. His kill yep. death ratio is six point three. Good lord, yeah. Like, how is he still in the game? 
you know? What hmm. the fuck are they doing? Yeah. Oh, we'd, well, we've banned 20,000 more, more people. Cool. Well, okay. So. Do they do it all manually or something? Like, eight million other fucking on? hackers are still in. You fucking dipshits. Yeah. It's cooked. It is so bad. And the other thing is, so the point I was making about fucking Firestorm is uh, not being free to play is that now regular Call of Duty is inundated with hackers as well. Uh, so because they they realize it doesn't fucking matter, they can get away with it. Mm. So they just fucking do it, and so they're actively like making it free to play, making Warzone free to play is actively making the core game worse. Sure, yeah, yeah, because uh, obviously people are making money as well off the hacks. Off, the, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're creating it, they're selling it, they're making, you know. Yeah, it's it's pretty shit. Yep. Um, all right. Anything else about Warzone you want to talk about other than the cheaters? No, I had some like I had good games as well. That's the thing, right? Like you know, yeah. you have bad games, you have good games, fucking here and there, and yeah, like obviously the ones that stick out to me. That's I guess this is what I was, you know, what we said about PUBG is. When the uh, the moments that stick out to you are negative more than positive, then that's mm. probably a time for you to fucking bail on a game. But um, are you saying yeah, it's time like, to go back to PUBG? Oh, seven point one. They got a train or some shit. You know, they got apparently. the apex train. They got apex train. <laughs> um, we had some good games. Um, we've been playing King, uh, which is uh, a new thing where uh, actually it works pretty well. We 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 implemented it because Grey Squirrel uh, is probably the worst team player of all time and was constantly running off without communicating. And so we implemented King and made Grey Squirrel the king. And the rule was that uh, the, the king had to, um, like, tell everyone what they were to do next so the the idea is that now yeah okay so the king is like oh well we're going here you have to do this we have to get this objective we have to go to this house we have to etc etc the trick is that gray school because he's the king has to actively communicate what we're doing gray squirrel's solution for this was to have us run we land in lumber lumber yard uh, which was outside of the circle at the time. Is I this believe the game that I played where we didn't stop running? And we ran from one side of the fucking... Yes. Uh, so that's... that's So King has become everything to us now. It's it's how we play the game now. Hmm. But um, yeah, we literally ran from Lumberyard. I think Squirrel had a fucking daily mission to pick up a fucking thing in Lumberyard. And we literally ran from Lumberyard and the game ended in Boneyard and we had to run the fucking span of the map. And every time we'd be like, can we get a car, sir? Because you got to call him, sir. Uh, can we get a car, sir? Screw will be like, no, just run. And so we ran. We ran <laughs> into, like, across. The, there's a fucking, there's a big fucking channel, like a fucking hmm. sewer thing, like the thing they drive a truck through in fucking terminator 2 yeah uh there's one of those we ran down one side of it and up the other that took about fucking 20 seconds of just being out in the open in a fucking line of waiting to be murdered um somehow didn't die ran from that into hospital 
from there out of hospital over a fucking hill. Uh, continue to run. Just keep running. Run down the fucking hill. Uh, yeah, it was just a nightmare. And somehow we managed to get second. And that's it. That was enough. That that made King a thing, I think. Because I was in on King. We also second. didn't do much for v- oh, maybe we were getting into fights. If we'd gotten into any fights, we would have been fucked, though. Like, that's the <laughs> yeah. thing, right? Like, it was full Mr. Magoo shit where somehow we're just like fucking, oh, we nearly fall down some stairs, but we move at the last second. And, like, I'm sure, right, it would have been like this casual fucking, no, sorry, crazy fucking ballet around us of, like, mm. gunfights, and we'd be, like, just sort of accidentally weaving our way directly through the fucking middle of them. But, like... Yeah. Yeah, like we're just like fucking blah, 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 straight through. No fights, didn't get any fuck any battles until right at the end. And right at the end, we got into our battles and we came second. Uh, we would have come first, uh, but Skrull fucked up. So, oh uh, well. Anyway, now we play King a lot. Right. Uh, and yeah, so King, it's good fun. Whoever is in charge dictates what what's happening uh and yeah uh it's very interesting the different ways people play or the different ideas people have for what we're to do uh i got deep dicked the other day i uh i rage quit because i was king and right at the end uh my entire team we all managed to somehow get back into the fucking uh game uh like we all got sent to the gulag just before the gulag closed and oh, so yeah. we just like that that one where you just have to wait for the because just put you it back seems in. like well no when the gulag it seems like when the gulag closes it doesn't automatically put you back in but it can't bring any more players into the gulag hmm. so you just have to wait the 90 seconds or so all right that's what's it seemed like happened uh okay. it was weird but anyway, we got sent to the gulag and then waited. And so we just basically had like 60 seconds where we were sitting in the gulag and then we just got spawned back in 60 seconds later than we probably like well, after 60 seconds of not having to do anything or not having to fend for ourselves or move for the circle. We just got spawned back into the middle of the circle and then fucking landed. Anyway, I'm I'm like saying, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to pull our money and buy Nate back in and that's the plan uh but uh ljm and quest x uh went off and did their own thing instead they abandoned the king and that was too much for me you can't i'm the fucking king boys so that's how the king fucking works um the other thing we're playing was uh movie director movie director is pretty good uh when you're when there's only one person left alive um the, whoever's the king becomes the and 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 it's not the king uh the king becomes the movie director and directs their uh their favorite movie which uh in, in one case was uh tom was the last one left alive and he had to so he gulag dropped back in uh landed on a truck and he had to drive the truck everywhere uh while honking the horn as much as possible and uh if the horn stopped honking we got into him about it uh he had to like reverse over some dudes at one point uh he got 
like two two downs and then he still managed to kill them in the most spectacular fucking failure I've ever seen. Like he drove into this fucking he basically Austin Powers himself into this like wedged the truck into this tiny <laughs> yeah. space. And these dudes like running up and one of them like jumped to shoot him through the fucking door of the truck. Right. And just just as he jumped, like the truck moved backwards and like turned like I don't know, four centimeters left. But apparently that contact was enough to down this dude. And then mm. the dude tried to crawl around the front of the truck. So he just like while Tom was like reversing back and forth. The whole time there's like a squad shooting this truck and he's just like fucking reversing like fucking Austin Powers. And he finally gets out of the fucking the wedge. But yeah, he killed two people like that. It was and the whole time the horn was beeping. It was fucking brilliant. I loved it to bits. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I found that, yeah, I found uh, King and, and movie director to be very entertaining. Yeah. Anyway, mm. uh, that's about it. Yeah. You, you, you mentioned um, uh, you had someone shooting at you while you were parachuting. Uh, Nate, Nate and I had that happen. We did like a long drop to Boneyard. You were in the game as well. And yeah. uh, Nate's like, oh, I'm getting shot at. So the idea of the long drop is you sort of uh, pull your parachute out and then you cut the cord and then mm. you pull the parachute out again. You sort of keep doing that. You get like a lot of speed and it makes you go further across the map. Um, and so we were doing that, but there was someone behind us or a team behind us and uh, Nate was getting shot at. And uh, he took a fair bit of damage and then the guy turned and started shooting at me. And I got down to about, I don't know, maybe less than one, um, like, armor left. And I was just like, fuck it. <laughs> so I uh, I basically bailed out of this. I didn't bail out of the long drop, but I started pulling it a bit less. And I eventually landed probably about six seconds before this other guy turned around and just started shooting him out of the sky. And uh, he died in midair and nice. then hit the ground. And I just fucking bashed him to death. And I was like, fuck you, man. Like... <laughs> that's what nice. you get for being that a dickhead. That's what you get. Yeah. Well, the, the you other do thing, the job, do it properly. You gotta finish the fucking job. Um, we've been we land as like we hot drop on choppers, mm. uh, and the rule is every man left behind. Where uh, if you aren't on the chopper inside of two seconds, like yeah. from when the the pilot gets the chopper, they count to two and then they take off. And it doesn't yeah. matter if you're not on the chopper, you're fucking left behind. And uh, then we just mince cunts. We just fly around mincing people. It is amazing. Although, again, Questa X, possibly the worst teammate of all time. Um, the rule is that you're not supposed to shoot until the, the chopper pilot says so. Because the shooting gives the, gives you away. Right? Like, people will just sort of long float. But if they start getting shot, they'll start cutting so that they, you know, don't get shot. But he'll just shoot whenever the fuck he wants. It's yeah. fucking infuriating. And you're like, what are you, <laughs> you doing? You need with- button. On yeah, the- you got to fucking boot him out. Um, but, yeah. Anyway. Uh, good times. Missing people. Holy shit. I, uh, I, used, to, I used to drop with the sound still off until I was about a hundred meters from where I was landing because 
So it used to be pretty loud. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't anymore because I want to be able to hear the fucking chopper. I want to know if that chopper's coming. Holy shit! I don't want to get minced. It's it's not how I want to go down. Um, but yeah. Anyway, hmm. good stuff. Good times. Nice. Yeah, I'm definitely keen to keep playing some more. Some yep. Stage. Yep. Um. All right. Should we move on? Yep. Yeah. Uh, I've been playing Minecraft with RTX. Um. So this is a new update that's uh, that's coming up in Minecraft uh, within the next day or so. Um, where if you have a NVIDIA RTX graphics card, you can experience the game with updated graphics. Um, so Minecraft's obviously like one of the, well, probably the most popular game in the world uh, right now. It's sold a bucket load uh, yeah. of copies. But it was released uh, ages back, and they haven't really done like a massive graphics overhaul on that game. Like there's definitely ways to jump in and sort of create your own textures and that sort of stuff. But for the most part, it's this very like pixelated looking game that like has used to run in like Java and all that sort of thing. Um, it's had the very much same sort of look to it. And so NVIDIA's teamed up with Microsoft and they're bringing ray tracing and all these like RTX features to Minecraft to give it a bit of a graphics overhaul. And uh, I've had a chance the last couple of days to check that out because um, it's going into beta this week. And right. there's a few things there's, they're doing with it. They're sort of incorporating three three new technologies into this game. So ray tracing is is one ray trace refre- reflections is one of the big ones. Um, yep. Shadows and then lighting as well. Um, and so if you haven't seen like what ray tracing is, it's it's used in a lot of films these days. Um, particularly like you know basically anything it's a way of like simulating lighting really well and reflections like real world sort of um the way you expect it to work Uh, and the reason why we haven't seen it in graphics in video game graphics the last you know couple of years is because it just hasn't been able to be done we haven't had the the performance do it in graphics cards and so nvidia a couple of years back uh, managed to get this technology into graphics cards and we've seen it slowly coming into games the last couple of years um for us it was in our game of the year control done really well in that one um but it's it started appearing in things like battlefield um where and call of duty where they've really tried to incorporate that stuff in there but um i think control was one of the big ones where they really yeah. went all out in terms of it sort of oh, put it that barely game exists in Call of Duty, right? Like, I mean, I don't have an RTS card, so I, I can't be certain. But everything I've heard from you guys is that all it does is tank your frames and doesn't add anything to it. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, I was. It doesn't tank the frames, at least. Right. Like, I was playing with it with RTX on, um, right. and it, I just didn't notice it. Like, I didn't yeah. know what's happening. Remember when I was having that weird bug where my frame rate would just tank, and I'm oh, like, yeah, what is yeah. it? And it wasn't like it was tanking. It would just, like, on the spot, it would just get worse and worse over time. And I was like, oh, I've got ray tracing money on here. Yeah. And I just didn't notice it because I was getting a stupid amount of frames anyway. But uh, they they started off in games like Battlefield with just sort of, like, the reflections and that sort of thing. But it's it's gotten to a point where it's doing some really cool things and um, elevating graphics to a completely new level. And... and I'm, I'm a firm believer that like between 
this next generation of games, this is going to be a massive leap in terms of graphics fidelity on the next generation of consoles just because of what ray tracing can sort of bring to it. You know, we're not just going from higher resolution, better frame rate. They're bringing in this whole new um, graphics architect overhaul into games um, that has been put into movies. It's been like movies have been using for such a long time and we're finally getting them into games. So I think it's, um, you know, chucking that sort of technology on into the world's biggest game is going to be a really interesting uh, test (laughs) because it's a game where you don't really think about it in terms of how good that game looks. It's got a very unique art style to it. Um, But you ain't going to go play Minecraft to go test your brand new graphics card, right? Uh, It's just kind of not what it's about. And so they're taking that game that's not very graphics intensive and being like, let's put all this crazy technology into it and see what sort of things we can do. Uh, And so they're doing those three things, reflection, shadows, and lighting. um, And they're going from minecraft having two materials in uh in a texture which would have been uh color and opacity so i guess the how much you can sort of see through something and they're moving to six different materials per um per texture so it's going to be color opacity uh, metallic a normal mapping uh, which is sort of like a bump mapping um emissive and roughness as well so they're going from two to six uh, which is a pretty big change. The way it um, the way it really looks is I don't know if you've managed to see any screenshots yet, but it still looks know. like having a squiz now. It still looks like um, you know Minecraft, but then you get things like the lighting involved, and you know there's a sun. Like the direction of the sun is there, and that really affects where shadows and the lighting will come through on windows, um, and then how on a material if something is a metallic block like um i don't know the say the floor is a type of metal right and that'll reflect what's sort of around it objects within the environment chairs you're able to see that stuff and then on top of that maybe there's like a red desk that's sitting next to the floor and then that sort of color will be absorbed and reflected back into the world so you'll see like little subtle hints about it just sort of the way that the real world world sort of works um, and they're doing really cool things with glass effects and uh, just the way that you can sort of see through that and how that reflects the light and um, yeah it's just a really impressive looking sort of technology that they're putting in there now which is really cool um, on top of that they're also incorporating DLSS 2.0 which has only just recently been released a couple of weeks back uh, we saw a bunch of games sort of trial this one out and uh, control was one of them and mm. i had a chance to check that out uh when i pre when i sorry when i reviewed the dlc um for that game and yeah that like dlss is really starting to be a very impressive technology well so that's using ai um ai technology to work out like an anti-aliasing solution and so it's taking a lot of the uh performance that sorry, a lot of the, the sort of uh, stuff that the cards are doing and putting it into an AI format and relieving a lot of the stress the cards uh, were previously taking on. Um, and they're doing a pretty good job in terms of the performance of that sort of stuff. So the, the numbers that they're saying for Minecraft, it's giving like a 1.7 times performance boost with DLSS on. 
Um, so it's no longer using the graphics card to sort of run anti-aliasing. Uh, well, it's, sorry, it's, it's using the, the graphics card, but it's using this AI technology and giving you 1.7 times the performance that you'd normally use without that setting on. Um, and so I, I saw that in uh, at least control working really well because I was running control with DLSS on. And when you switch that off, you can definitely see a difference in the fidelity of the graphics, but it's not a huge amount. Um, they're definitely getting a lot better with that sort of stuff. And so as NVIDIA keeps rolling out these updates to these cards, like these are just driver updates and improving the AI technology behind these games. This, um, yeah, it's going to get really interesting. And I'm, I'm sort of, we were talking about this in like our group chat, like what is AMD's plan going forward um, on these next generation consoles? Because we know they've got some sort of ray tracing technology but do they have the ai technology that nvidia has to to be able to really use these cards well um mm. so anyway that that's that's something that's gonna be really interesting in the next couple of years to see what amd is doing because nvidia is doing a, a fantastic job with this ai uh, technology in their cards um and so, yeah, I think it, it looks really great. I've, I've had a chance to jump in and check out a couple of maps. At the moment, there's sort of, uh, there's a marketplace in Minecraft where you can download some custom maps that have been created by some of the top Minecraft creators in the community. And they're using all these new materials and textures to, to build their own worlds. Um, and there's a bunch of different ones that are in there. I've had a chance to check out a couple of them. And some of them have really cool things where there's like, they're doing like puzzles and tests with the lighting where you can flick things on and off um, and sort of get a sense of what you can do with this new update. So looks pretty cool. Um, on top of that, they're releasing like a bunch of tools and guides to help people work with a bunch of this new stuff because um, you might just not want to create worlds. You might be want someone that wants to jump in and create new textures and that sort of stuff. So previously what you would do is you'd create like the the two that I talked about before, like the color and the opacity, like the two sliders you can sort of tinker around with. But now they're doing guides on how you work with normal maps and, um, you know, if you want to make it look a certain way and, and that sort of stuff. So there's a lot of uh, guides and resources available to creators to jump in there and be like, all right, well, I want to try this out. Like, how do I do it? Like they've gone ahead and published a bunch of material on how you can do this. And it seems to be, uh, pretty extensive so that stuff's pretty cool um, on top of that there's like a conversion tool so you're able to take your existing um, worlds in minecraft and bring them over to the new version uh, minecraft bedrock and that'll like update it and there's a whole guide on there how you can do that sort of stuff so if you're worried about losing your your world um, you're probably best off like backing it up and then taking that copy and then converting it across. Because I don't think you can go from one way back to the other. Uh, right. I'm not 100% sure on that, but I feel like that's probably a thing that'll happen. Um, but yeah, it's it's really cool. Like as somebody who's not played a lot of Minecraft in a long time, I'm mm -hmm. definitely keen to jump in and play with some people, especially yeah. uh, once they start going a bit further down the track of adding a lot more features because it, it's just going beta now. So it's very experimental. Um, and it's only user-created worlds at the moment. It's not like you can go in and play um, like seeded worlds where it generates its own. Oh, really? And, oh. and uh, you can start from scratch. You're sort of 
you can jump in and create your own adventures and that sort of thing. I don't know if you've played Minecraft recently, but it's completely different <laughs> from when uh, we were playing it back on the day. It's it's there's a lot going on, people creating adventures, and I like I don't know what the difference between adventure mode and creator mode, and then survival mode. Obviously, survival is like the classic way that we used to play. Yeah, what the fuck is adventure mode? I don't know. <laughs> I think there's like creative modes where you can fly and you've got all the fucking stuff yeah whenever you want yeah but i'm not sure what the adventure stuff is like if they've got their own sort of like puzzles that you can jump in and uh and it's a game intended for player creator maps limiting some of the gameplay in minecraft player cannot directly destroy any blocks with any tools or place any blocks right right um so it's for player crafted experiences i guess yeah the people um, that just want to jump in and build stuff um so they're obviously going to be doing that at some stage but at this in its current form like as they're just getting people into it it's um purely uh you going in creating your own worlds and theme and park. creating it's your own theme textures. Park mode versus the sandbox that is yeah it's like different. the people that like playing yeah like you said the theme park mode or, or the the sims the people that just want to jump in and create their own houses and they don't have to deal with managing the people and all the things that can go wrong um but anyway it, it looks it looks really cool um from that standpoint i'm definitely keen to check out more once they start throwing in a bunch of those other features uh did you t- get a chance to look at the screenshots that they've released so far like the yeah, rtx looks, on and off yeah it looks gorgeous like yeah i just i don't know i don't really see the point i don't want to play fucking adventure mode uh no. and yeah like i always think about like i've got minecraft installed mm. but the version of Minecraft I've got installed wouldn't even be able to play this because right, yeah. I've got ja- the Java version. Can you even mod the Windows 10 version of Minecraft? Do so if you've on Windows 10, if you've got a Java version, you can get a free update um, to get the Windows 10 edition. As far as I'm aware, can't no, I've got. I, yeah, yeah, I got, I got that. Like I've got the free Windows 10 version. I don't want to play that. You can't mod- play mods on the Windows 10 version, so. Fuck it. It's not Minecraft. No? What mods are you using? Whenever I play Minecraft now, I always, like, I I get a grappling hook mod, first of all, uh, because it's amazing. Uh, It took me fucking forever to find it, and when I did, I'm never letting it go, although I'm sure it's broken, because the game's probably been updated by now. Um, But, yeah, grappling hook, uh, all kinds of shit. Right. Mods for days. Sea life, yeah. although you probably don't need that one because they added their underwater expansion and whatever. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Mods, mods are what make Minecraft cool. Yeah, um, oh, fucking fancy lighting effects. We'll see. You, you fucking, <laughs> you graphics whores. Yep, yep, love it. Um, mm. anyway, so you can check that out. It's um, I think you've got to sign up to the mic. Uh, the Microsoft Insider program to be able to do that, but there's, there'll be a bunch of details released by the time this podcast is out that'll tell you how to go and do that because at this stage it's not available for public yet. But anyway, I just don't see the point. <clears throat> Apart, like, well, who needs pretty Minecraft? What does that add to anything? What does that bring to the table? It's just a, a, a graphics update, like which for a game that hasn't which, been updated in a long time. Which eleven-year-olds have a fucking twenty eighty? graphics card they're about to <laughs> this is the thing 
This is how they get you. This is it. This is they finally found a way to sell two thousand dollar graphics cards to children. Yep. Mm. All right. And Luke's a pusher for them. Luke's pushing it hard. I am. Let me start yep. my Minecraft channel. Oh yeah. Oh hey, cats and kittens. Here's hey, yeah, I'm gonna build a, a tiger King tiger park. Tiger King Minecraft channel. Um. Gold. All right, what else we got? Receiver two. Yep. Yep. Receiver two is a sequel to a game called Receiver. Okay. Uh, it's a good start. Sort of makes sense. Um, it's a it's a roguelike shooter, I guess. Uh, I guess you could call it that. Um, the thing about receiver was that it was sort of like co-op for guns i guess you know like it went way too in depth in the details of these guns mm -hmm. uh so that it wound up being one of these situations where you know you had to pay a lot of attention to what your gun was doing you know you had to manually put the bullets back into the clip and then you had to put the clip back into it, and then you had to slide the chamber or whatever the fuck i don't fucking know gun terms yep um all of this shit sort of you know very entertaining uh wrapped up into a game that was sort of a little bit weird narratively speaking and uh basically just a it was most like essentially a tech demo i guess um yeah. i thought i definitely spoke about it on the podcast yeah way remember. back when i first played it uh receiver 2 is a sequel to that adds a bunch of guns um better graphics a more um more robust storytelling experience i guess better defined better focused um as i don't remember receiver one having that good a storytelling uh experience that sort of just existed and you just mm -hmm. sort of did it in the same sense that you just sort of did co-op you know uh, this one has you collecting all these tapes when you collect enough tapes, five tapes and then four tapes and probably three tapes eventually. Um, you level up and you get access to a new gun and the game gets a little bit harder and yeah, it sort of tells this narrative through these tapes um, but while also challenging you to get as far as you can. When you die... You lose all your tapes uh if you're up a couple of levels you'll lose a level um and yeah your gun will get downgraded and the game goes from there uh and once again it is a game that uh, like has a co-op-esque uh like fascination with guns so uh you know when you're 38 special handgun uh, is out of bullets you've got to knock out like knock out the cylinder mm -hmm. like, again i don't know gun terms uh cylinder and then you lift up the lift up the gun to shake all the fucking bullets out and then you sure. put the bullets back in and then you close the cylinder and then you can shoot it again and uh basically works like that or if it's not a revolver if it's a pistol uh you same again drop the magazine fill the magazine with bullets slide it back in slide the slide and you can like 
like there are all kinds of button combinations so you can like pull back the slide and see uh um see a bullet in the chamber or like clear the chamber or rack the slide to pop a bullet out or whatever the fuck you want um there's like a safety sometimes you can flick the safety or you can pull the hammer back or all this kind of shit uh and receiver two sort of works from there um mm-hmm. it's more i think the problem i have with it is that in a, in a world where games like pavlov or horseshoes hand grenades whatever the fucking other H's, um, like where these crazy VR games exist, right? Because you can do all that in Pavlov or horse horseshoes and hand grenades. You oh, and hot dogs, horseshoes, hot dogs, and hand grenades. Uh, you can like take apart a gun, but you do all that in virtual reality. That's the thing, right? In virtual reality, that shit's nuts. You like pull the, the slide back in virtual reality, and like you hold the slide, and it's not like in receiver two you're like holding down the t button and then pressing r and it will do this and if you want to rack the slide you tap r uh or if you want to cock the the hammer you gotta like tap f or half cock you tap f and full cock to uh, you hold f or whatever Hmm. in fucking in vr you just do this shit right and it feels intuitive and makes sense and you sort of just fucking do it you know you put your gun away you feel the fucking magazines up you take your gun out of the holster again from where the holster would be and then you fucking pull the slide and you're ready to fucking shoot right that's just pretty cool uh receiver 2 sort of feels really bland because Mm. it is i guess hindered by the fact that it's stuck in relatively old technology you know uh it is it is a game where they're trying to think of like an analog i don't know it's like a a foosball table if there's a tv with fifa on it next to you right like they're different experiences they're obviously different experiences but if what you're trying to get is a realistic rendition of football you play fifa if what you're trying to get is playing foosball uh on a foosball table like if you want that foosball table experience you can't go past the foosball table right but you wouldn't look at both and say i want to play football let's play on the foosball table because it is like that, you know, the foosball table replicates the concept based on the technology available to it and having a direct contemporary there that is so, so far advanced makes it less appealing or significantly less appealing. Uh, so to that end, I... I don't know. I wouldn't recommend uh, Receiver 2. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't, like, it's... I mean, not everyone has VR. It's pretty... It's very interesting in how clearly they are enamored with guns. Uh, half the tapes are just 
like in-depth details about guns. Um, they just go into the history of certain guns. Here's why the yeah 38 Special was invented. Here's why the Snubnose Revolver was invented. Uh, undercover cops needed the standard police issue weapon type shit. And that's pretty fucking cool. Uh, and yeah, it does a good job of, of like building that stuff out. The guy in it has fucking... The guy in it, like the the character you play is basically Mr. Glass. If you fall more than two steps, uh, like two steps worth of height, your legs will break. You just like slow to a fucking crawl and a thing will come up on the screen and say... Call of Duty. Uh, far worse than Call of Duty. Far worse than Call of Duty. Oh my lord. Um, I've never played a game quite where you're quite as fragile as this. It is insane. You just sort of fucking crumble. Um, yeah, it's it's crazy. He's got, like, Derek, no, Derek Rose has better knees than this dude. Like, this dude is <laughs> fucked. Um, yeah, he just sort of fucking, eh, I'm broken, oh, I've broken again. You don't die necessarily, but you, like, slow right down to the crawl and shit gets fucking hairy. Um, and the AI isn't all that interesting. You're mostly killing turrets. Uh, some of the turrets fly eventually. Uh, but yeah, it's it's not like it's not like you're shooting people or anything like that. It's mostly uh, explore explorative exploration. I don't know exploration game. Hmm. Some very light puzzle solving and the modeling of the guns themselves that it's sort of concentrating on. Right, um, like being able to see all the bits and pieces of how the thing works. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it doesn't really do that much with that. You know, it yeah. doesn't really go very far with it. Um, the only uh, only gun I didn't like, that you get like a single action revolver. Uh, and uh, single action means it can't, like the pulling of the trigger doesn't lower the hammer sure you have to you have to fucking cowboy you know, that the, shit cowboy that shit it's fucking <laughs> infuriating like fucking oh shit there's a fucking flying like turret coming at me and you're like click 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 fucking tap you tap f to fucking to the the hammer and that only does half half cock uh and you're like fuck hold f so it'll pull it all the way back and you fire and you fucking miss because the thing doesn't have any fucking iron sights or anything you're like hmm. oh like because when you aim um it there's no crosshair and the like it doesn't aim with the screen you don't like sort of aim up and to the right when you hold r and b you aim the gun and then it like draws over the screen like you can point it to the top left to your screen type right. thing yeah uh and if you don't want to like, if you want to look up that way, you have to fucking unaim and then look up, and then you can do it. Uh, and that so it makes it more challenging to actually use the gun in that that way. Like, because it's very easy to sort of point and click, hmm. uh, but it changes your perspective, changes your your viewpoint in that in that sense. Right. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, I, I don't dislike it. Uh, but I don't think it... I'm pretty sure it's like 20 bucks or something. 
Uh, and I don't think it, it's worth that. Yeah, it's like 26 bucks. Uh, you get a look, yeah. like it's a bit cheaper if you own the, the first receiver. It's 10% uh, just, off at the moment. Yeah. I, don't, I just don't think it's that, yeah, that good. Sure. Um, but yeah. Yep. Sort of anyway. like very gimmicky. It is. It and is, then uh, we're like, how can we make this something different eight years later, but not really pushing it too far? Yeah. Yeah. They didn't do all that much with it. Right. Um, it's, it's Yeah. Entertaining for a little bit, but like it is basically a, a tech demo. Yep. Yeah. Fair yeah. enough. Hmm. All right, then. So that's a uh, receiver two out on Steam. All right. Uh, so yeah, Final Fantasy VII remake. Uh, we talked about this last week, where you had a chance to um, play through it. I guess. Yep. <laughs> From the earlier release, the early mm. Australian release, uh, where the game could not be contained. Um, you didn't like it. You weren't a fan. You had a lot of problems with it. Well, I don't know if that's you you didn't like it i guess did you say you'd give it a certain score or like where did you end no, up on I didn't, that? didn't say i'd give it a score or anything right uh but you're a, you're a big fan of the original um yeah. and so coming into this you're pretty disappointed by oh, it seemed like there were a couple of things you were disappointed in and then maybe the story overall you did not like or didn't like where they went with it the storytelling something like that Disappoint, disappointing might disappointed might not be the word. Okay, uh, I was I was largely disappointed, yeah. Uh, yeah. But um, ripped off is probably where I'd go. <laughs> okay, fair enough. All right. What's, what's um, the what's the past tense of uh, scammed? Scrumped. I've I've been scrumped, Liz Lemon. Uh, yeah, I feel like I've been scrumped. Yeah. Mm. Um. All right, so I've been playing it a lot <laughs> the last uh, couple of days. Came out here on Friday. Um, yep. It's now Wednesday, so I've been putting in like 10 or 12 hours every day since then. Um, I don't have, as, as I've said before, I don't have any attachment to the original game. Never played it. Um, I've seen it around and that sort of thing. I've played a bunch of the other games. Um there's a couple I've missed, but like the online games, but for the most, I think one of the solo games, I can't remember which one, um, but I've played pretty much most of them and enjoyed enjoyed them for the most part. Um, the last one that I played was Final Fantasy 15, which came out about four years back, right? Um, yep. I had a lot of problems with that game, particularly the combat. I did not like the combat at all. One of my biggest criticisms about it with the combat was the environment, the, the environmental combat, like where it puts you into the place you were currently in and you would have to fight things around your surroundings. Um, and that became a massive problem in areas where there was like things in the way, whether it was trees or like just grass, basic stuff like that. And so you had a, I found that I had a really uh, bit of a struggle trying to navigate that stuff while also trying to do the combat because you're like well the camera's in i can't really see my character or where these things are i'm sort of just wailing at things um it just wasn't fun and i think my solution to that was i um i went back and replayed it 
later on, and I talked about it on the show. I I changed the way the combat worked to be um, like a wait system in there. So every time you stopped moving, the game would pause and you'd be able to decide what your next action would be. And uh, that ended up solving that problem for me because whenever I got stuck behind a rock or something that I couldn't see past, I would just pull, like the game would pause. I'd swing the camera around and be like, all right, well, what's my next move? And I started having a bit more fun with it, but I still wasn't hugely a uh, massive fan of that one. Um, yeah. So I think it still had some problems. So that's my sort of attachment to the last game. I, I, you know, I never got in, really into it. I never finished it. Uh, even though I tried like twice or three times to finish that game, I just never got anywhere close. Um, in saying that, Final Fantasy VII Remake, I don't think uh, it should be getting the scores it's getting at the moment. Um, I think it's an 88 on Metacritic and Open Critic for this time being. Uh, mm. The lowest score is sort of like a 6, um, mm. with the majority of them very high up in the, like the 10s and 9s sort of like mid eights and so that's kind of why it's landing pretty high on that list Mm. um but i I do enjoy the game a lot like i've played about 36 hours 35 hours so far um and i'm really digging a lot of it but there's definitely a lot of problems with it as well the combat system for starters i really like combat system Uh, i know you were having problems with with it last week and i think um you missed something at the start because uh, sure. you said you went back and watched uh like a guide or some sort of video of somebody that was fighting that boss and yeah not a guide just a dude who smashed it really quick yeah right and you were like realized that he was switching characters and things like that yeah. um yeah and so I, i'm i'm really digging that whole system uh it definitely teaches you at the start how to do that like there's prompts that come up and say yeah it teaches you how to do it and it doesn't put any fucking emphasis on why you should do that it doesn't teach you that you should do it it just teaches you how to do it that's right. that's my problem with it is that it doesn't teach you why just how and then it never properly incent like it doesn't it would have to put you in a position where the only way to progress Mm. is to success like that's why fucking skill gates exist that's why games like good games good rpg games with good (laughs) combat systems right what they do is they use skill gates to make sure you are aware of systems before allowing you to move on uh that is obviously not what final fantasy does because you can just brute force your way through that first fight and it doesn't fucking matter Mm. right it takes ages is tedious as fuck is exactly how they showed people doing it in the preview in the first fucking preview right i learned it from watching it being debuted so clearly it's not just me who fucking missed this shit because they never actually teach you that you need to do this shit to actually win. All they teach you is if someone is far like too far away, then switch to Barrett. If they're yeah. out of range, use Barrett. That's what they teach you. They teach you how to switch and that the reason to switch is if someone is out of range. That's it. That's right. that's it's a failure. Yeah, I, well I think they the way they teach you is by putting in a text. They don't necessarily give you a game scenario and that's their problem. Right? Yeah. Um and so if you know that going in that if you switch different characters the ATB meter builds faster 
and that's a way of getting more spells off um like it's there in the text but they don't give you any scenarios to like put that through the test um yeah and so if you never end up using that if you kind of just play the game as a solo you know one man show um then that's something that yeah you're never going to really learn i guess um yep but yeah once you get that idea and you sort of understand that system i think it's it's really good and fun um i it's extremely like fast paced uh, but i like the fact that they sort of go back to the you know you can stop the game and think about it when you know when you want to pause it doesn't it doesn't actually stop the game it slows the, the game down so there's still some urgency there you can't yep. just sit there forever and be like well fuck what's my next move like stuff is happening in the background really slowly and that can be you know it may seem like it's not happening quickly, but you could be wasting seconds, which could mean that the thing you're attacking gets a spell off um, or something like that. So I like that they, you know, the game is originally a turn-based game, but they've sort of brought it up to date by having it be um, sort of a combination of both. And uh, I like the the thing that where they've grabbed some of the past Final Fantasy game combat systems and brought it into this one with like the stagger system um and you know how certain party members are really good at doing certain things and then that is another sort of incentive to switching backwards and forwards between these characters you know making sure that you have uh barrett at the back line doing damage from far away uh taking out some of the aerial guys and then tifa's up front making sure the stagger meter goes up um you know and then there's all these different roles that these characters are playing and i think switching between them really quickly like once it's chilling stuff moves so quickly in that game uh, and you really got to think about like all right what's my next target what am i what am i fighting first and then dealing with and then where am i going from here um so i think there's tons of strategy involved in that combat system which i uh, i like a lot like there's so much going on there um especially when you start learning like what the different enemies you're going up against are and their weaknesses and strengths and what they're immune to what their attack patterns are um i found that assess is like a huge help in that because it'll give you like a detailed breakdown of here is the bio of this thing you're fighting here's their move sets what they'll do uh and here's what to look out for when they're in different you know, sometimes the enemies you come up against have different forms they take um and uh you know this is what you kind of go look out for and so i've ran that material basically the entire game every time i come up against something cloud fucking pops out i do a bit of a read i'm like all right cool i sort of know what i'm in for now um so yeah and then you just start learning like moves i i was fighting those fucking crab things yesterday that you come up against and they've been kicking the shit out of me every time i come up against and i found this like spell that i could use it just basically one shots them and i was like all right cool <laughs> i've solved that problem now i can just use that every time and it wasn't something that was in the text it was just playing around like figuring out all right if i stand at the back i do a bunch more damage like hitting it in a certain spot um because it's got like its shell is protecting it and so if i stand in this spot then it's doing more damage and so i bring in like tifa to uppercut them or things like that it's just different like they throw you a puzzle and it's like all right now figure out how to solve this puzzle and i've really enjoyed um doing a bunch of that you know they'll they'll give you like one thing to throw they'll throw one thing at you and then it's like all right now there's two of them and now there's two of them plus this other thing and they kind of do that a bunch and it forces you to learn like their move sets and how you should be taking care of them so hopefully you get to the point where 
you know what was once a boss fight is now just you're just destroying it super quickly so um i've enjoyed that sort of puzzle solving element of the game with combat system at least uh were you gonna say something no oh, okay i thought you were gonna say something um so yeah really like the combat it's 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 a lot of fun um having a really good time with that it's it's uh very fast-paced and a lot more enjoyable than the final fantasy 15 sort of uh it was like a combination of 12 and something new where you were sort of switching between different attack modes like oh now i'm in attack or i'm now i'm in defense uh or uh, like a parry system you're like switching between these in uh 12 was like really big focus on that i think it was 12 um and then 15 was this sort of a bit more action orientated and then this this particular one has gone back to like doing a lot of moves and, and getting right up into things faces uh while triggering spells and that sort of thing i think it's a lot faster paced um than some of the other games i've done so i'm really enjoying that the web the gear system like there's a thing that just clicked with me when i was playing a day or two ago that i just didn't notice because i was in that mentality of when I get new gear, the old gear is kind of shit and I don't need it anymore. But then I started yeah. going back and realizing that, no, this this gear is actually still pretty good. Um, so I like that it's got this really interesting gear system where you can learn spells or abilities from this new gear that you get and you get the proficiency bonus, which doesn't seem Weapon to... Weapon skills. Yeah, it doesn't seem to be too hard to get. You kind of just use it a couple of times and then it's like, it's unlocked now. Um, that stuff is pretty simple. Um, but it's cool that once you get that, it's like, all right, you can then switch to a different weapon. Like you don't, you're not forced to use that weapon anymore. Uh, but then you can actually go back and keep leveling up some of that stuff. And I noticed that things that you get that maybe you liked that you were using before, you can still keep using them and sort of spec them in your own playstyle. And so I've gone back on a bunch of my weapons. Like I switch forward and backwards constantly because some of them, uh, at times will be, more powerful than something else i was just using and it's got this really interesting um like seesaw effect going on where you know you think you've got a weapon that's really good and then you go upgrade one they were using before and that one's really good and then you get some more points and then this one's really good now um so that was just something i didn't notice until i was maybe like 20 hours in and i was like oh maybe i should go update these old weapons because they were just kind of accumulating points at that stage uh, and I never really went back and was like, what happens if I slot all this stuff into here? Like if I start boosting up um, the attack bonus or uh, get some more materia slots in there or, uh, you know, extra fire damage bonus. And then once I started doing that, I was like, oh, this weapon's actually still good. Like it's it's the first gun I got or whatever. And now it's still awesome. Um, so I appreciate that there's like this interesting gear system that's not just, oh, you got something new. That's the best thing that you can use now sort of similar to like um uh no not even similar like i sort of think about dark souls and like you can sort of finish that game using the the basic weapon you've got you can kind of go back and keep upgrading it over time but i'd never go to dark souls and then be like oh i'm switching between four weapons constantly i kind of just find the best thing that i've got and eventually use that whereas this feels like i'm every chance that I get to upgrade a weapon, I'll jump in and upgrade all of them and then look at stats and be like, all right, what do I want to use now? Um, so that stuff's really cool. And then the Barrett having the punching gloves, whatever he uses, he changes to like a cannonball. 
It's so cool how it renders his fucking utility as the person who can do anything about anything ranged completely <laughs> useless, isn't it? It's so good when you're like, oh, oh, Andy can't jump to attack, so anything in the air, if mm. you're using Barrett with that stupid fucking ball, he can't do anything about it. He's that's, got two of them. Yeah, he's got two. Yeah. He's got it's, like a claw it's one It's pretty well. sick. Um, I like it for crowd control. Like, I never used it other than getting the proficiency bonus but yep. i thought it was pretty funny to like him just punching people uh and mm. then getting that ability and being like all right i can do that now for whenever i want um but yeah i, I really dig the uh the, the gear system and I, I don't know if you noticed that like going back to different weapons because you were playing on easy so i don't know like how if you just fucking destroying people or like what the deal was um, yeah I, I i noticed that you could switch back and forth yeah. Because uh, one of the battle challenges or whatever the fuck they're called, battle yeah. reports that you need to do is right. learn all of the learn all of the proficiencies. And as soon as I got to Barrett's dumb fucking claw or dumb fucking ball <laughs> on a stick, yeah. uh, I'm like, oh, right, I need to switch back. Uh, and I'm like, oh, I could do this for all of them. Uh, Cloud could be using his, actually, his proper sword. But yeah. I just switched. I set all the fucking upgrades to auto do the most attack because my defense okay. doesn't fucking matter yeah. and every time I clicked on that button uh, to go to the fucking other galaxy because obviously that needs to take 15 fucking seconds uh, I was like oh cool well that's a fucking waste of time and oh well, none of the fucking buttons in here make any sense I've got to switch between planets why are there planets switch between planets maybe because you're in the you're in the and the ball the ball you is can't, it's like it's like men in black you can't go to like the one on the left you cycle through them but they're surrounded <laughs> yeah. it just fucking make a list it's then like up and down, yeah yeah christ it's like some ui designer or ux no it's like they had a ui designer but then they forgot to invite the ux guy in and he was yep. just like look yeah, at this exactly. i've got planets and shit and the ux it's guy is planets. like out out banging on the door being like let me no, in he's like no stop <laughs> this is dumb uh so yeah it's a space doing that thing f- fuck yeah it's so fucking pretty yeah um and then yeah so after doing that for like i don't know two weapons i'm like oh hang on if i press triangle i never have to visit that fucking screen again and that's what i'll do uh yep. and that's what <laughs> you just do it yourself thing. um yep. So yeah, uh, the uh, there's some other moments in the game. The um, and as someone has not played the original game, and I haven't looked up on like any of this stuff. Like I've not read anything about it yet. Or the game, you know, I don't know what people are saying about it. Uh, but there's a really good fight. There's a Colosseum fight. Um, maybe midway through the first, maybe halfway. I think it is about halfway. Um, where you're doing like these Colosseum fights and there's fight in there that's fucking amazing like I was laughing so much at the reveal of this thing uh, it was just dumb it was so dumb I was like this seems dumb and then later on there's like people commenting about it uh, <clears throat> and I thought that was pretty pretty funny like explaining this stupid thing that just happened to you and like your party members having a conversation with someone like trying to explain what just happened and then being like what the fuck are you talking about um that's kind of the moment around not spoiling something that's halfway through the game yeah how fucking hard out do we have to go to not spoil this game 
that we can't even talk about stuff that's halfway through the game because I think it's a good moment at all. Oh my god! So have you finished the game? No, not yet. I'm still still going. I'm at uh, sector. I told you. I told you wouldn't fucking finish it. Seven. Oh my god! So you're not even fucking close to finishing. I think I'm. I must be close. What chapter? What chapter? What what chapter? Uh, Maybe fifteen or fourteen. I climbed the wall. There's a wall. Yep. I'm I'm like working my way through rubble and stuff. Uh, yeah, I think I'm four, four more chapters. Yeah, I think I'm a uh, little bit of eight, the way through that. Eight to ten more hours. Yeah, that's cool. That's fucking well, one more day. A, a quarter off. So Easy. we can't talk about this game again. By the time I'm allowed to fucking talk about this fucking game, I'm gonna have forgot. It'll be next week. I'm gonna have, sure, sure. It'll be out for two weeks then. Um. Yay. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm actually really enjoying it. Uh, still not a nine or ten for me. I'd probably go like maybe an eight at this stage. I haven't finished it yet, so I don't know where it goes. Um, some of the problems I've got with it is is the thing that uh, I noticed when I was playing the demo, um, and it's something you brought up. Like, well, you brought up the voice acting is not very good. I said I think it's the voice direction. I think it is the voice direction at this it's stage. It's both. Could, yeah, I think it's both because. There, there, there's. I think Tifa, the voice acting in that is really good, and yep. for the most part, the stuff that she does is great. I don't like Cloud. I think, like some of the stuff that comes out of his mouth and just the the way it's portrayed is terrible. And that's something that I didn't like when I saw the demo because it's like, is he always supposed to be this grumpy and whiny and stuff? Um, yep. And then the part where like there are things happening or talking to people, and they don't feel like connected conversations. They just feel like they were reading lines off of a board off of a book or something and weren't given the proper like oh this is actually what's happening in the scene this is what this other person's saying and it's just like completely out of whack um but i think yeah tifa is really good she's the best out of all of them i don't like cloud i don't like barrett he sounds ridiculous he, he feels like he's in the wrong game and then uh what's her name Aerith. uh she sounds like um I don't know. She doesn't sound like a 20-something-year-old. She should be 14. I feel like she's a 14-year-old kid trapped in an adult's body. Um, I don't like her. La, la. Wait till you find out. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, that is just really weird. And uh, so I think there's voice direction stuff here that, that's gone wrong. And it's just like... I just don't know what, what happened there. It must be voice direction. Um and then sound mixing problems. I think there's something going on with the sound mixing. I toned down the music in my game to like six because mm. there were moments where I couldn't hear what people were saying because the music was so fucking loud. Um, and I found myself just reading subtitles at certain stages because either the music was too loud or whatever was going on in the background, whether it's like someone's shooting a machine gun at you because there's a helicopter flying around and there's two characters on the screen talking to each other while this is happening, but you can't understand what they're saying properly because there's machine gun fire and you're like what whatever um so i turned the turn the actual music uh down at that point um at one at one particular spot in the game i turned the music off and then there's a dance sequence and that's the I, most awkward thing ever because there's no music during that dance sequence that sounds amazing you should record it and uh it's a lot of like grunting and oofing um sweet and it makes it a bit harder because i feel like you're supposed to be doing it's like a quick time event thing 
and I, no. I think it's supposed to be in time with the music because there's new, no music. You kind of just yeah. mashing buttons, and there's people just dancing around, and he's going ah, ah. Uh, it's not really in time with the music, uh, but what really helps that scene is how the camera pans all over the fucking place, so you can never get any idea of, you know... When you should be pressing the button. ...reasonable perspective on when you should be pressing shit. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a really well-done scene. Like, mm. so many things in Final Fantasy VII Remake, it feels like they really fucking nailed it. They just mm. smacked it out of the park. Really, like, paid attention to how any regular human being would engage with you know what was going on in the game uh it's just a masterpiece a master class of uh game design and uh yeah uh, i totally understand why you're enjoying yourself um i can't wait for you to finish the game if you're already at an eight uh already feeling like it's an eight you uh you said you really like it but and you love the combat and uh and yeah uh i can't wait to see where that goes after you fall down another 15 fucking platforms artificially extending the game another fucking (laughs) six hours um yeah like it's like you don't even know how how far there is to fall yet i can't wait for you to find out i haven't been Um, i haven't leached onto the original game so i don't i don't have that uh, attachment that you do where you're like this is three hours into the original game I'm still not there yet. Oh. No, it's it's not even that, Luke. <laughs> it's just basic time-wasting shit. I just don't like my time being wasted. I don't think there's a lot of time-wasting stuff. I was... I actually got started... If, if I like didn't have to go back and record the entire game myself, I was mm. looking at my videos... Uh, the the stuff I recorded of Final Fantasy, and uh, and I noticed uh, even in them that I had three sequences. It seems like I was subconsciously getting very upset uh, every time I got fucking dropped and like wanged back uh, for no fucking reason. Uh, every time that would happen, I'd get subconsciously ups- upset and then really fucking focus in on whatever awful bit of voice acting was about to follow uh but uh yeah i already had three and i was like i should go through and collate every single time this dumb fucking game artificially extends its fucking playtime for literally no reason uh and then i was like no that would just i'd i just hate myself by the end of the recording session because and you know where, where do you stop where does it stop you've obviously been uh you know, you went to the children who um, yeah. the Moodle medals and stuff. Uh, is the entire sequence where you have to sidle through that, squeeze through that little gate? Is that a time wasting measure? Because uh, it takes it's, no, it's not thirty seconds. It's a, it's not thirty seconds. Like six seconds. Um, six seconds, my balls. The, it's a, it's a constraint on the technology they're using or the engine. Uh, it, it's definitely loading. It's for texture streaming. If you um, if you get the Chocobo uh, fast travel system and you fast travel within a very close difference, so I guess there's a part, they're sort of split up into like hub worlds, right? Or hub areas. Yep. If yep. you're able, to, you can fast travel from one point to another and it won't, yep. it won't actually reload the game. It'll just put you there. Uh, and at that, sp- that stage, you can see the, uh, it's not loading textures quick enough for the game to, to get there so those points 
I think is an engine issue. Like they don't have the resources available to load to stream in textures quick enough. And so the so that's why that stuff is there all the time. What's that line from uh The Dark Knight? Uh just accidentally wasting my time. Uh yeah. Uh, Mr. Wayne didn't want to deliberately waste your time. Oh, so he's just accidentally wasting my time then. That's what's fucking happening. It's still wasting my time, Luke. It's still pissing away my fucking time. Just because it's done for fucking loading reasons doesn't make it better. That doesn't make it fucking acceptable. That doesn't make the game better somehow that it's accidentally wasting my time as opposed to deliberately. It does, I suppose, change the terms. It isn't deliberately wasting my time all the time. It just makes those times when it does deliberately waste my time hmm. worse. Did you like? Did you feel like when you were wandering through? I see, yeah, you've done this. Uh, you're you're cavorting through the sewers, following mm-hmm. some dude, uh, some eff- just a feet fuckhead uh, through some sewers. Who looks like and everyone then, else? Uh, and uh, his key got stolen. Did you yeah. feel like that was a valuable? That was respectful of your time. I think it's Did you feel like they part of the they story. really? Hey, I think it's just part of the story. It's not like I was backtracking. I was going to new places. New places? Well, new places in the sewer. Like it's it's a it's not like I'm going back to the start. It's pretty. It sort of goes off into a the different direction. Like you're supposed to be going right, but it goes left instead. Was you and felt like the game fight. was richer for the experience of you having run through well at what point do you cut course? all this content out and it's a it's just a linear game interesting question luke interesting question at what point do you do that perhaps at the planning stage when you are artificially lengthening three hours of game content out to 33 hours but that's like saying that that the game doesn't need to exist. You're right. Yeah. That is perhaps what I am getting at. Luke. Like, oh, that Red Dead is... Redemption should be a uh, Red Dead Redemption Two should be a ten hour game, and they don't need any of the stuff. I shouldn't have to go to uh, Valentine more than once. Like, I should get it the first time, and I don't need to do the other ten quests that are there. It keeps making me go back to Valentine all the time. Like, why do I need to do that? It's the same argument. It's not even close to the same argument. Not it? even remotely the same argument. Because you just don't like doing the stuff in this game. It's, how's that any different? It's completely different because what you're doing in Valentine is character building. What you're doing in those sections is character building for relevant characters. Introducing some fuckhead at the top of a ladder and then forcing me to learn about his backstory. That's not character development. That is time-wasting introducing and then dismissing characters is horseshit storytelling if he had been with us the entire time if it was fucking jesse's story if jesse had the key stolen i got to learn why she was such a horny bitch then suddenly i'd be like oh fair (laughs) enough the sewer segment actually made some sense that's fine but when it's not when it's some fucking character they introduced literally just to fucking extend the sewer segment for a bit that's bad. What it's if he comes back in different. like part six and he's like part of the some secret faction or something? Like the puppet man. <clears throat> it's, uh, it's very difficult for me to um, go into <laughs> why that is unlikely. But uh, yeah, it's completely different. The idea that this is somehow 
Okay, what about when you were fucking wandering along a fucking catwalk and the catwalk collapsed and then you had to fight your way back up? You liked the combat. So I, I guess. What was that? Oh, it happened 18 times. So I'm surprised that you can't distinguish which time it happened. The only time that I can remember that happening is when you're looking for Wedge. In looking the, for Wedge. In the secret base. Yeah. His cat takes you there. Yes. Uh, that is one of the times. That's a good time. That's, That's the a only good time, time that happened. Uh, what about when you're wandering through some streets and a helicopter explodes and very conveniently explodes to uh, to <laughs> block off yeah. every single uh, exit? And then you uh, have to pick up a little girl that you never meet again. Actually, you do meet her again, but it doesn't matter. Uh, you have to pick up a little girl and then walk her to a sewer tunnel. And uh, that walk alone takes 45 seconds. Right. That walk. That walk, because you have to walk very slowly and cunts keep walking in front of you. Uh, does that feel like a rich use of your time? It's not like you're going in a billion different directions. It's not like you're uh, learning anything, uh, except hmm. that perhaps Aerith loves to carry children, I Maybe suppose. She Maybe she does. Flowers and children, things she loves to carry. Um, yeah. No, you don't really learn anything there. It is there to piss away your fucking time. It does it repeatedly, over and over again. It's just like, oh, yeah, well, yes, uh guess you fell down this grate guess you uh guess this helicopter blocked off you oh guess this thing stole your key uh um yeah what did, what did you get out of the sewer sequence just just quickly what did you what what did the sewer sequence add to the game for you i got to uh, finish some slide missions down there i uh did i got i some mean when, when the things when the thing stole your key yeah what did you get you opened up the corneo gate and yeah. So you technically finished that side mission, which yeah. was fantastic, by the way. I knew where that gate was. I knew where there was a corneo gate, but uh, I spent 30 minutes trying to work out how to get down to the sewers because every time I I went to move on with the game, they were like, you won't be able to come back once you do this. And I'm like, oh, well, I, I, I got to fucking finish this shit, right? Mm. Uh, so I got to finish all my side quests before I move on. Uh, because the game is telling me that I have to finish all my side quests before I fucking move on. Or yeah. that's what it's heavily alluding to. Uh, so I got to find the fucking sewer entrance so I can get down to the corneo uh, thing. Because otherwise I'm going to miss out. And I literally just fucking gave up. I'm like, uh, you know what? I don't give a fuck about this fucking game's pissing fucking <laughs> shit cunt side quests anymore. Fuck it. I'm just fucking moving on. I'm just going to fucking move on. And that's, <laughs> you found uh, it 10 minutes later. <laughs> you are. And then it was right there. I'm like, oh, good. This has really endeared me to the nature of this game. Uh, really fucking good design, cunts. Really fucking well thought out. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, uh, so, yeah, so, yeah. So, you completed that one side quest. Yeah. Which, that was probably, that was the only real way you could have. Like, that was the only opportunity. I mean, you didn't spend... You hadn't already spent 20 minutes wandering around sewers. So they couldn't have just dumped a gate on the sideway. Uh, I didn't side go in the sewers. Yeah, you did. 
You didn't just oh, arrive at the fucking right. door. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no. No opportunity for you to open up a gate and get a, what was it, a tiara? Yeah. Tiaras, three so, tiaras, yeah. But you only got one from the silver. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, no. That was it. So, yeah, you got <clears throat> one side quest finished. And yeah. that's it. I guess some AP for some material. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm doing the I'm doing side missions and quests. I mean, it sounds like you want it to be a ten hour game at this stage. I did all the side quests, uh, missions, and quests. Yeah, I did them all. Uh huh. Yeah, it should have been a ten hour game. Those most of those side missions and quests shouldn't have existed. They shouldn't have existed. They added fucking nothing. They didn't build out the fucking world. They didn't build out the fucking storyline. Like, all they did was exist to waste time. Go and find... Oh, go and find the fucking... The herbs to make this uh, medicine. Uh, how did you do that? I uh, went and did the other quests that I was doing. And I found them. Yeah, just by sort of happenstance, right? I think uh, they were... Um... Yeah, one of them you have to do a side quest to get the material did you know what you had to collect yeah it's in the uh it's in the actual i think he gives you a list doctor's note or something like that yeah you have to go to the item itself yeah yeah uh when you go to the quest it says ask the doctor for details yeah. and what you need yeah uh, about then, halfway through that game the you're like oh wait Right. The He's quest system goes really fucking weird and it stops giving you any um, details. Yeah. It, like yeah. earlier on in the game, it's like, hey, here's the area you should be doing this thing. Like, go uh, go kill these monsters that are in the factory. And it's like a giant circle will be like, they're in this area somewhere. And then uh, when you get to that part where the game opens up in like a, a bit more of a hub area um, or, or joining different places. It just puts markers on people and it sort of gets rid of that entire notion of like, this is the sort of area you should be looking in, um, which is, it's just weird. It's like halfway through, they just sort of switch it up. It's, it's strange. So yeah, like I'm not, I think once I get to the end and whether or not I enjoy it, it's definitely going to swing. Like I don't, it's not going to get any higher than an eight for me. If anything, it'll drop. If I don't like the ending or I don't like where it finishes or if I feel like it's wasted my time, then yeah, absolutely, it'll probably drop a lot. But at this stage, I'm still enjoying it. Like, I'm not, not having fun with it. So that's why I'm still playing it. Like, I dig, the, I really enjoy the combat. I think the combat's maybe some of the best they've done in a Final Fantasy game in a long time. <laughs> Since maybe, I don't know, eight or nine. Like, I used to enjoy the eight or nine combat. And this is sort of back having that feeling of, the scissor paper rock sort of effect as opposed to this weird system when they're like oh you've got a what do you want what stance do you want to be in now do you want to be in attack mode or do you want to defend and who like that stuff just wasn't wasn't for me i just didn't like it so that that's i just never finished those games and i think this will be this is definitely gonna be the first one that i'll finish might be the first final fantasy game that i finish i think i don't know no, I've, I've definitely finished like eight or nine, one of those two. Um, so yeah, just in a, many, many years, I just never got into them enough that I was like, I uh, don't think I'll finish this one. So anyway, I'm sure I'll talk about it more next week when I when we've uh, when I've gotten through it because it'll be 
probably another day and I'll be done. And uh, then we can go on to spoilers and talk about the ending and what the future of this looks like, I guess. Because they're obviously going to do another one. They've always done multiple um, along the way. So, yeah, we'll go from there. Yep. Anyway, should we move on to some news? Do it. Uh, we've got a bunch here. I guess the big one that we've got from this morning, or most of this stuff is this morning. Um, Gamescom has pretty much been moved to a digital event this year after a nationwide ban on all events until the end of August. So I guess the biggest gaming convention in the world has been uh, shifted to digital now. Yep. What exactly that looks like, uh, I'm not sure. I guess we'll find out what uh, participation will be like from publishers because Gamescom is usually a pretty big event um, where we see some uh, some announcements come out of. And uh, I guess from it, from it being a... It, w- it was very much a public event as well. Like they would have these massive, massive attendance records uh, and you yep. do like one or two days worth of media um but the rest of it was sort of like a massive um you know come and check out these games and that sort of thing so for them shifting across to a digital platform like what will that look like is it going to be more um like like a like a pax type of thing with panels or is it going to be a lot of presentations or from developers like are they going to stream it themselves or do, do you know do publishers even bother doing that sort of stuff uh it's going to be really interesting to see how that unfolds but yeah again another massive blow to the uh, games industry with the stuff that's sort of going on around the world um any True. thoughts because you've been to gamescom a bunch of times uh yeah it's it's a pretty big one i mean gamescom yeah was very much a tailor to fucking uh conventions the the public thing was always rammed uh there's no there's absolutely no way there's no fucking way you can put that on. There's no fucking way. You yeah. are, like, probably the most claustrophobic I've ever felt is at Gamescom uh, when you are in the press of public. Uh, you are, like, you can't move. Uh, trying to get from, like, one side of a room to the other is near impossible because the, like, the... It's basically a fucking river of people. Yeah. Uh, like a flowing, raging fucking river. And trying to cross it is just impossible. But once you're in the and once you're in the river, you just go wherever the river goes. Yeah. And th- like there are like huge, huge moments where you just can't fuck like trying to get out of the river is, is near impossible at any one particular time. So you mm. just have to wait. And so you see your opportunity and then you double back some other way. It's like this is insane. There's no way you could have it on. Like, yeah, so like uh, 20... Last year for Gamescom, the attendance record was just shy of 400,000. That's fucking... You, you compare that to E3 last year, it was 66,000. Yeah. And you go to you go to E3 and you're like, there are too many people here. Yeah, and there are five times that many people at fucking Gamescom, uh, and then the business side is like pretty deals relaxed. getting done, and, and um, like just sort of yeah, you go into the business media. area, and yeah, you can get all your media stuff out of the way. You don't have to like you go out onto the show floor, 
because you're at Gamescom and it feels like the least you can do is go experience what the public experiences. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you're getting, if you're trying to get work done, you stay in the fucking business area the entire time, and it is pretty fucking. You could probably, I think, you could probably get away with doing the business area part of Gamescom. Uh, I think people could probably handle social distancing 1.5 meter rules in the business area it was it never felt that packed um yeah it'd probably work um so it's it's definitely an interesting uh development that makes a lot of sense to me like you could just never do the at least the public version of gamescom could never fucking work yeah it is intriguing how it will impact the greater because there are so many deals getting done at Gamescom and you know in indie game devs get seen for the first time they collaborate to get a, uh, a little cubicle that kind of stuff like it's a it's a pretty big deal that it is going away mm-hmm. so I wonder I mean it's not it's not out of like it's, it's not done yet is it what do you mean? Um, major events until the end will also affect the planning. So Gamescom hasn't called it yet. Uh, uh, I think they have by saying they're doing digital. Even though not all details are known at present, the nationwide ban on major events until the end of August will also affect the planning for Gamescom 2020. Furthermore, Gamescom 2020 will definitely take place digitally. We'll provide more information shortly. See, so I guess what I'm trying to read into this is whether they try to find some way to have the business elements still go ahead if mm. they can redefine gamescom as a minor event and just have the business section i think they will try to do that because i think it is vitally important to the european game scene that they have some version of it go ahead but if a minor event means fucking 40 people in a room then there's no not really much point in sure doing it. yeah yeah um, uh well yeah i guess this is a developing story yeah i'm sure this will be this will be a recurring thing over the next at least year yeah. <laughs> maybe longer 100 percent. um all right next up we've got XCOM uh chimera squad chimera i think that's what we'll yeah. go with chimera. um this is a weird announcement. So this is a, like a standalone XCOM game that'll be relatively low priced, about $10 US, 15 Australian, uh, mm. being made by Firaxis, and it'll be out in like 10 days. <laughs> yeah, just sort of... They just sort of... Jumped it Dropped almost. it, yeah. Yeah, um, out of nowhere. I've seen some of the videos go around. It, it doesn't... Like, it looks like an XCOM light or a... They're doing interest like different things with the UI, a little less uh, convoluted. It seems maybe it could be something to transition across into like a tablet or mobile platform. Right. Or um, we we know they've done XCOM on the Switch, right? That was something they did recently. Um, so maybe they're oh, just yeah. toying yeah. with different ideas to you know, how they can bring it to mobile platforms. But it doesn't look the same as an XCOM. It looks a little bit different. But it, apparently, it's made by Firaxis still. In saying that, Firaxis have multiple teams. I don't know if it's the same Firaxis team um, working on it. So, hmm. 
Uh, but yeah, definitely can check that out. It's more um, XCOM. I've really enjoyed the XCOM stuff, so cool. That's cool. Uh, next up, I thought I'd put this in here because we've talked about it recently. Uh, Rocksteady apparently pitched a Superman game to Warner Brothers uh, as a follow-up to Arkham Knight, and uh, Warner Brothers passed on the project. Uh, so this news dropped out a couple of days ago, and apparently uh, this person that put this information out uh, said that this is the reason why that Rocksteady's next game has sort of taken a long time because they were working on this Superman game for a while and it right. uh, just didn't end up going anywhere. Uh, Warner Brothers weren't interested. I think it's probably a smart well, choice. <laughs> why is it a smart choice? What? Uh, because I just don't know how you make a Superman game good, right? I'd rather we tried and failed than uh, never try at all. Yeah. You know? I'd at least have loved to see it. Uh, to That's a work you can go see. I don't want to see artwork. artwork. I want to see what the gameplay, what gameplay they had in sure. in it. To, like, what was their fucking plan to deal with the obvious problem? I obviously, you know, the easy easiest solution is to have uh, old soups trapped in a virtual land that's surrounded by kryptonite gas. But uh, you know, maybe yeah. they wanted to go a different way with it. I think that an interesting solution to that would be the. Uh, you go back to him learning his abilities or like not knowing Young how Superman. to use them. Yeah, the Smallville small approach. But yeah. I think the problem there was that they set up all this Superman stuff in, or, or at least teased it in the Batman series, right? Yeah. Um, well, I don't know if Superman was specifically teased. I don't remember, but there was a lot of like Gotham, sorry, not yeah. Gotham, Metropolis, um, yeah. uh, Lex Luthor sort of stuff. But yeah, I think you can take it back to the Smallville and then have him not know his powers and learning about them. Don't give him flying until maybe late. Yep. And then go from there. That's a maybe a way you could do it. Yeah. Or something to, I don't know. Uh, limit the sun? You'd have to <laughs> it's, do... it's, a, it's a, uh, like an eclipse or something. <laughs> uh, yeah. A fucking, he's created a long eclipse. Um, I don't know. I don't know. That probably wouldn't work. Yeah, I I'll give you look. Lex Luthor. He he's got this. He wants a lot of land. All right, and he's thinking about <laughs> doing stuff with all this land. Yeah, and he's gonna block out the sun with it. What a story! I yep. love it. Um, um, yeah. Anyway, anyway, that's the Superman. Uh, game. I mean, the good news it. is potentially they incorporate some of that stuff into the rumored justice league or whatever it is they're working on now um maybe it's not a superman game anymore maybe it's the justice league with superman in it somewhere but again you run into that problem of how do you play as superman now? <laughs> yeah what's the challenge as superman yeah why does he why is he not just if they can't install it in in movies then what the fuck are they gonna do in a video game where the player has agency to do whatever the fuck they want hmm. yeah yeah Okay, uh, so the last piece of news we got here is a report from Kotaku. Uh, it's titled, 18 months after Red Dead Redemption 2, Rockstar has made big cultural changes. Um, so in, in this one, it talks about like the crunch issues that Rockstar have had in the past. And they're attempting to um, fix some of those problems by restructuring the company and have apparently removed a lot of managers that were causing these issues um and the actual piece talks about people that were planning on leaving that studio 
after the events of Red Dead Redemption 2, but have said that the changes is so drastic that they're sticking around because the work style is currently really good. Um, something to note out of that, though, what the these are obviously confidential um, or off the record <laughs> sources, uh, but they're mm. saying that in doing so, Grand Theft Auto 6 will be a much smaller in scale game. Um, they're saying it'll be moderately sized with updates that'll basically be added later on in its life cycle. So it's not going to be like a giant, what we've come to expect from Rockstar with a Grand Theft Auto 5 or a Red Dead Redemption, these massive 80, 90 hour games. It's going to be something a little bit smaller and uh, something they'll be adding to as time progresses in that game. Like, a, I guess, a, what they do with GTA Online or Red Dead Redemption Online, right? It starts off very basic and they keep adding a lot of things to it as it uh, progresses through its life cycle. Um, what, what do you sort of think about this change in shifts or sh- change in tone from Rockstar moving forward? I think it's a change that had to happen. Um, the you know, at some point was inevitable. Uh, I am surprised that it is happening. Yeah. Um, because I, I, it, well, I, I'm surprised that it's happening in what appears to be a really, what seems to be a painless way, you know, because it seems like, like this, the, the culture of Rockstar seems pretty core to the DNA of the studio. Mm-hmm. And so for it to shift so dramatically, you would think that it would require drama and maybe there is, maybe there's fuck tons of drama behind the scenes. Maybe the, you know, the Hauser, or yeah, one of the houses left. left, whichever one's left. Um, uh, yeah, maybe maybe his departure is what allowed this to happen. Maybe it isn't. Maybe uh, maybe he left because he, you know, just wanted to build different things. Whatever, whatever the change is, though, it had to happen, and I'm surprised yeah. that it is. Uh, uh, it appears to be as painless as it is because, yeah, uh, it's, I don't know, surprising to me. Yeah, it was Dan Hauser, um, one of the, who was one of the writers for a lot of those games. Um, right. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting decision. I guess the thing that will kind of see how this unfolds is that they're probably not a stage yet where they're crunching or, or trying to crunch they're sort of probably just building this game as it is and that's something that was sort of in this uh interview slash report is yep. that uh a lot of these staff are, are very being very cautious about waiting to see once it gets how, to the end of the life cycle yeah. but at this stage they're saying that like they're not having to work ridiculous amount of hours per day um yep. You know, and I guess we'll see what happens. You, you you hear about crunch a lot when games get to the end of their sort of release, their release window, or getting close to release date, and having to work really long days for six or seven days a week, um, and that's where the problem sort of comes in, and and it becomes more of a problem when they're like, all right, well, we had a release date, we've got to shift the game now. It's not ready yet. We're pushing it back three months, and then all of a sudden that crunch that was they were doing for four months is now seven months and yep. then oh no we can't 
like we're not going to hit that either and <laughs> it keeps dragging you out and now you're crunching for a year type stuff so yep. that is something that we we don't know but the initial reports from these employees unnamed employees saying that they they've seen a huge turnaround from uh management so i guess that's a good thing um and i guess at the end of the day that means we're gonna get rockstar games quicker like we're not gonna have to wait six years for hopefully a rockstar game could be four years yeah true um as long as as long as gta 6 is still vice city i don't give a fuck Hmm. and if it's not vice city i'm gonna fucking riot what if it's just like gta online and that's it or it's just gta there's no no storyline it's called gta remake oh my god and you just keep falling down (laughs) stuff collapses below you things steal your keys it's just artificially lengthened the entire time yeah genius what a good plan um yeah anyway it's a very it's a great report it's definitely worth reading yeah it's on kotaku from jason um all right that's it that's the news that's what we've got anything you wanted to touch on quickly before we wrap up nope no questions shall we yeah you can leave us questions on discord the gapodcast.com slash discord that's where you can go nice uh which one is the last all right yep all right johnny bravo writes Do you know what really grinds my gears? Esports casters, hosts, analysts, and other non-pro gamers supporting a streamed or televised event wearing a t-shirt and tracksuit pants. It's fucking lazy and disrespectful to the sport. If you watch NBA, MLB, NHL, and any other TLA three-letter acronym sport, the network team are usually wearing a suit and tie or at least a collar. ESL LA is currently happening and I've been watching some Dota 2 cast, uh, Dota 2 with casters kicking back on a couch wearing jeans and a hoodie discussing discussion discussing how they only want two games of a best of three series so they can go home after their long hard day. I mean Gabe Newell introduces TI in Apollo two sizes too small for him with tracky pants and thongs but he's Gabe Newell he can do whatever he wants. Do you think I'm being too critical? Do you think esports can stand alone enough for the network cast to dress casually to appeal to a casual gamer audience? Or do you think they should be put uh, they should put a bit more effort into looking a bit more professional? This one's pretty fucking funny, JB, because I believe today a uh, a video is going to come out um, on Red Bull on Red Bull's YouTube channel featuring me talking about Rainbow Six in a t-shirt uh they they asked us to yeah they, they got us to bring our own clothes and the only thing they said that i had to be wary of was whether don't wear or not green don't wear green um yeah so uh well, told the queen gonna, that one yeah right how good was that shit uh yeah it'll be me wearing a t-shirt talking about esports uh so i'm sure that's gonna jb's gonna pop off about it um I'm wearing a t-shirt you- and pants, tracksuit pants right now. <laughs> I've got shorts on instead of trackies, but uh, yeah. yeah, t-shirt, always t-shirt. Um, what do you think, Luke? What do you think of this? Should they be trying to wear more, uh, look more professional? I think I I don't know this particular event, ESL LA, or the um, I didn't watch any of it, but I think mm. it depends on the type of event they're hosting. Um, 
the one that comes to mind for me, Dota related, is, is like the the summit stuff summit, where they yeah. where they That's it's exactly very casual. Thinking. It's in a house. Yep. Uh, I'm I'm okay with them <laughs> chilling out on a couch and doing it like it's very informal. Um, much like this show, not it's not we're not going for professional standards with nothing like that. But if they're doing these massive arenas with thousands of people there. Yeah, I think presentations are probably important. You don't want to see someone, I guess, with a, you know, a singlet on. Um, but I, sure. I, get, I think it it's reading the room, right? It's trying to figure out what type of event they're going for. You know, may, maybe the event is called uh, it's the Summer Slam, right? And it's people in <laughs> singlets and shorts. I don't know, and sunglasses, and go for whatever it is. But yeah, I think you have to read your audience, right, and try and figure out what type of event you're going for. I um, I've been watching a, a bunch of the uh, 2K um, player tournament, which has been on ESPN for like two weeks now. <laughs> so there's no basketball on. There's no sports on anymore. So uh, NBA has put on a 2K tournament where players are playing each other. And it just finished mm. the other day. I've been watching a bunch of that. Um, and it's just, it's literally just two guys on a couch or, or you know, playing basketball NBA 2K. Yeah. That that is what they're putting on the screen. And it, that goes yep. for like 4 hours. And you're like, "All right, this is this is where we are." Um yeah. and then literally on the other channel, they were they had um League of Legends on like both ESPN channels were showing video games, which is yep. insane to me. Um but like I, that that particular event was for charity, right? Um I think yeah, like I said, you've got to sort of read the room and sort of figure out what they're they're trying to put as a product. Um, so in some cases, I think it's okay. I haven't seen this ESL LA thing, but for the most part, I feel like ESL do pretty good for their presentation. They're wearing t- ties and that sort of stuff, and yeah, I- I'm okay with that. So whatever whatever's going on, I'm cool. It's with. interesting that. That he mentioned the NBA because the only reason anyone wears a fucking suit in the NBA is because of racist fucking uh, racist fucking uniform policies that were in, implemented uh, in the early two thousands, right? Because uh, Allen Iverson and, and stuff kept showing up looking like a gangster, hmm. and uh, all the fucking racist fuckheads in the middle of uh, America were clutching their pearls because this, this AI was fucking balling out and showing up dressed how the fuck he wanted. And so now they implemented all kinds of fucking uniform regulations. And even today, we see uh, players, like, doing their best to flout those rules. Like, you know, Russell Westbrook wearing, I don't know, fucking... Whatever he wants. Bright pink garbage bag tied in the middle by an extension cord or some shit. Um, Yeah, no, it's... But that's just them walking into a building. That's not them going on national TV and... Hosting oh, I understand. I understand, yeah. but I, th- I think it like for me, it sort of reminds me of the the entire idea about fucking respectability and presentability in the first place. It's just a fucking. It's a ruse. It's a fucking. It's a. It's it's horseshit. It's all built on a fucking foundation of bullshit. Respectability mm. is just a a trick. Being couth is uh is is a way for the upper classes to hold the lower classes down. I don't want to get fucking overly political here, but like 
It is. It's a, it's it's designed to hold us down, JB. Uh, you know, I you know I grew up pretty poor, and it was always a way to make fun of the poor kids. Uh, is what clothes are you wearing? What shoes have you got? Uh, why don't you have whatever? What what what's your backpack? Is yeah, that the same backpack as last get the year? Pumps. Did you get the pumps, Joe? Uh, I never got. I had never had Reebok pumps. Never <laughs> ever ever. Um, yeah, like it's all a trick to pit us against each other uh, over something that is ultimately meaningless. I don't care what people wear at the end of the day. I suppose there are only a few circumstances where it matters at all. Uh, I guess JB's a military man. Mm. Uh, So in those circumstances, you know, the uniform actually matters. Uh, And I understand why he might have a different perspective on uniform to me. But... Uh, yeah, I only think you, I, I don't even think you need to wear a uniform all the time. Uh, only in work-related endeavors, uh, you only need to wear a suit in very, very certain circumstances, funerals. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not even convinced you need one in a wedding. Uh, you just wear whatever you want. It is like the Sometimes it's good to dress up, is, is built literally off the back of where the respect is supposed to go and i don't know that casting uh dota 2 match is necessarily a spot where you need infinity respect on the flip side while i have personally uh hoped against hope for a quick two and oh in a best of three when i've been at events for uh for some esports that I don't like as much as others. <laughs> I have definitely been in uh, in that situation where I've, uh, yeah, personally and quietly hoped for the the quick two and zero. Oh. Um, I don't think casters should be saying it on cast. Uh, get the fuck out of here, everyone! Like, yeah, everyone who wants to watch more, if it's good Dota. Everyone wants to watch as much as is possible. They, we should be hoping for <laughs> fucking five games. Says the guy who Dota. talked about random shit the first 15 minutes of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> me? You you were... Don't fucking heap that guilt on me. You're just as guilty as I am. Um, but uh, no, like seriously, yeah, they they shouldn't be saying that on cast. That's different though. That's not what they're wearing. That's that's their that's their actions. You know, Presen- presentation and uh, and actions are, are different things. And uh, yeah, no, they shouldn't be saying that shit. But it, I don't think it's tied to what they're wearing. They could be saying that wearing a fucking blazer, and it wouldn't like it'd still be not on, in my opinion. And I think that's the point I'm trying to make. Right. Uh Clothes, uh, the clothes don't make the man. Fuck, fuck what's his face from Kingsman. Clothes maketh not the man. Uh, the man maketh the man. Or maybe that was the point they were trying to get across in that film. I don't know. Uh, okay. Good question, JB. We've gone pretty deep on that one. Uh, Dan Gaz writes, Do you know what grinds my gears? People spelling it esports or esports is obviously esports, as we all know that Apple naming conventions are the only true laws of the universe. 
Um, not seeing a question here, dangers. Uh, and secondly, um, I don't know if that one translates well to the spoken word. Yeah, I'm not. I'm looking this up because I'm very confused. He spelled esports correctly twice, and then he spelled esports with a capital S. Just up. Just to upset me, I think. Uh, at least um, there's, no with a, there's none in there with a dash. Could have been. There, there isn't. Yeah, they, they, we did skip the dash. Uh, P.S. Job, where do I find the last power cell on Misty Island in Jack and Daxter the Precursor Legacy? Just need one more and I can sca- escape this game franchise forever. Wait, is Dangus over Jack and Daxter? Is that what we're getting out of this? Hmm. Escape this game franchise forever. Has this been... Have we been party to the tortured rantings of someone who couldn't stop playing Jack and Daxter games until they finished them all until they 100% completed them all because if that is the case uh, wasn't the Precursor Legacy sort of the Bubsy 3D of the PlayStation 2 era and if that is the case uh, I don't want to know and I don't want to hear about it and I hope you never find it right um Medium question, Daggers? Uh, medium question. Fridge Monster Man writes, Hi Luke, hi Job, how are you? I'm well, thanks. We didn't ask. Um, since the Final Fantasy VII remake has come out, I've seen a few videos comparing the remake to the original and oof, those polygons, those character models. When I look at early 3D games, I sometimes wonder if the industry made the jump to 3D rendering too early. I mean, we... We had to start somewhere, and maybe we wouldn't have the fidelity we have now if it weren't for those early pioneers. But what if gaming had stayed in the 2D space for a bit longer and made the jump to 3D when hardware was beefier? Are there any games from this earlier 3D graphics era that still hold up today? Ah, oh, um... Okay, a couple of questions in this one. Uh, yeah. Did we jump to 3D rendering too early? No, I think we had to, like, it had to start somewhere, right? Like, it had to, like, it it had to begin somewhere. I think if you look at, like, Mario 64, right? You don't even see, like, it. that one uses the art style in such a way that it doesn't feel like uh, the, like, it feels almost timeless. I think the bigger problem with these older games is resolution more than anything right sure because if you were to look at fucking mario 64 now blown up to fucking onto my 1440p monitor it just it looks heinous more as a result of the fucking resolution than it does as a result of the the graphics right right and i think that is more the case than than anything and so from that perspective i think that means that we didn't jump to 3d models too early mm-hmm. i mean the the goofy fucking tri- boxes and triangles of final fantasy 7 uh i i actually don't hate them when like the last time i played final fantasy 7 original was on the psp right. and that's i think that's it right because the psp is you know in the this tiny thing in your hands uh the that resolution is is naturally lower and Mm. so you don't notice the the polygons too much and you know you're not i think most of the time i just didn't pay that much attention to the like 
to the models themselves. I don't think it mattered. Well, at the at the time, sure, it was fantastic. Like those graphics were fantastic. Like you, I'm thinking about like Metal Gear, right? Metal Gear Solid, right? Took us to 3D, and you look at it now, and it's kind of ugly, uh, especially if you compare it to say Metal Gear Solid Five. Uh, or, you know, uh, the one redeeming feature of uh, Death Stranding, which is, you know, its graphical fidelity. But even still, right, like if you look at, you know, Metal Gear Solid 2 looked way better than Metal Gear Solid. And Metal Gear Solid 3 looked slightly better than Metal Gear Solid 2. Mm-hmm. And then 4 was a massive leap over 3. 5 was a giant leap over 4. And so if, like... But at the time, all yeah. we like we just see it relative to what we've seen at yeah. the time, you know. So I don't think, you know, going back and looking is necessarily the fairest way to do that comparison. I think nah. it's a bit of a, a rough measure to yeah. directly compare Final Fantasy Seven Remake with Final Fantasy Seven. Yeah. Um, well, like, I was going to say I mean, you look at uh, stuff not even related to video games, but you look at like movies and where. Yeah, we went with movies and three D uh, visuals in that. You you look at uh, like Star Wars Episode One, right, and and how yep. good that thing looked back then. But you go watch that now, and there's stuff in there, particularly like the like the Gungan fight at the end, and it just it looks like it's being done on a computer. You're just like, oh, okay, fair enough. Um, but at that time, you haven't really seen anything like that before. And that's always yeah. going to be a thing that happens is as we get more used to the medium or seeing things that look good, eventually stuff is going to start looking not as great, but then there are things that hold up because they're done differently or they're stylistically done in a different form. Uh, and I, guess I can't remember what I was watching, those. but I saw, there was there was something we were watching, oh, like we, I was watching uh, where it, it was like probably, you know how... CGI helicopters are always really easy to to spot out. Right. I find them so easy to fucking to work out when it's a CGI helicopter. I don't know what it is. It's probably how uh, they move, like the weights behind them. Well, that's exactly that's what gave it away this time because yeah. I was looking at this helicopter in this film, in this movie, and I thought to myself, "Fuck, I can't tell if that's a, a like if that's a real helicopter or not." And yeah. then as soon as it moved, I'm like, oh, yep, CGI. Don't worry about it. We're good. That one's CGI. Uh, like, yeah. It's like this. so... The Uncanny Valley works in so many fucking weird ways. Like, there's so many layers to making... To evading the Uncanny Valley. And it's so tricky. Um, and, yeah. Uh, I don't know if we'll ever fully get past it, but... Yeah, like for now, just yeah, you just have to sort of take it as it is at the time. I think that's why, though, generally I prefer practical effects. You know, the thing uh, holds up, right? Because sure. it's all practical effects. Or if you alien. watch the thing remake, where they <laughs> opted for all yeah. CGI, it already looks like shit, and I think that's a pretty fucking great comparison right there um although it's got nothing to do with 3d rendering <laughs> <laughs> we've sort of taken this one in our own direction um 
yeah graphics wise i don't know that there are any games from the early 3d era that hold up graphically today mm. but i i don't think it impacts the gameplay all that much which is all i ever really care about yeah i guess and that's why they're remaking a lot of games right you get to play those again no, capcom's the, going through no, the whole fucking list no they're remaking all those games because they are shamelessly <laughs> plundering nostalgia uh because they've run out of real ideas hmm. yep uh or in some cases cynically plundering nostalgia to rip people off of money uh, uh but i can't go into why until next week apparently so uh yeah anyway uh, quake. i think that's the i best. think quake is probably still one of the best looking 3d early oh yeah 3d game. when did quake come out quake uh i'm thinking quake 3 actually what about quake, quake 2 rtx on quake 3 was 99 there you go that is smack bang in the middle of it quake 2 rtx on fuck that game looks fucking pretty it looks pretty uh, why haven't they done Quake 3 RTX? Oh my god, they have. I'm fucking... I'm watching this. I'm watching it right now while yeah. we podcast. Alright. Oh my god. It's good. It's good. It's good podcast it's content. It's great podcast content. Yeah. And it's quite... Um, that was anyway, Quake 2 again. Good, uh, good question. I feel like... I, I don't remember who that... Who, what was the name? Uh, it was... Sorry, I had the Quake. Fridge Monster Man. Okay. Cool, cool. Good stuff, Fridge Monster Man. Good question. Yeah. yeah. We went some places with that. We did. Uh, yeah, it's always interesting looking back at some of those older games and be like, oh, yeah, that was an ugly game. But you think about it and it was like one of the best things you've ever seen <laughs> back then. Like when you talked about Mario 64, I remember the first time I saw that game. I was like, holy shit. It yep. just looks amazing. This is the best thing I've ever seen. Um, or like GoldenEye, and you're like, holy shit, that's just... Sh- that's that's just a movie. Bean. Yeah. Like, that's straight up scene Bean. How the fuck? <laughs> How he's in there, and there's Pierce. What is going on? <laughs> Go. uh, we get there. Yep. Um, all right, yeah, thanks for the questions. Uh, if you want to find us on the internet you can find us on itunes android windows store spotify podbean everywhere you can get your your podcast apps these days uh, you can find us under the gap the ga podcast uh, the gap podcast all of those excellent names will show up uh, if you'd like to send us questions you can email us the ga podcast at gmail.com or you can go to our discord page which is the ga podcast.com slash discord and that uh, has a bunch of different channels we've got going in there. You can play video games. Uh, Job's been carrying people to victory royales. I don't know what they call it. Winners. Helicopter rides. Victory wins. Helicopter rides. Yeah. They should say that. Like, it should be on the bottom of the screen. You you win a helicopter ride. You win the helicopter ride. Yeah. Yep. Um, you so got you, to the chopper. That's what they should. Oh, my God. You got yes. to the chopper yes uh so you can find that on our discord page if you want to jump in or leave us questions you can do that you can also find us on social media facebook.com slash ga podcast twitter.com slash ga podcast you can also find us on uh youtube the ga podcast.com slash youtube and also uh watch us on video there i put some stuff up last week i can't even remember what was on there i feel like it was you're really selling it some Warzone content of us getting cool. some wins 
Um, Sweet. And maybe some other stuff. I'm looking back at the list last week. Oh, Borderlands? Or was that the week before? I scrolled down too far. I don't know. I scrolled down too far. Yeah. Classic. No, it was just Call of Duty stuff last week. And Green Hell. I put up like half an hour of Green Hell. Um, Sweet. We had a lot more, but we didn't talk about Green Hell for more than the footage that we had. <laughs> so um, right. hopefully we'll get to that a bit uh a bit later on but anyway you can find us on youtube if you'd like to watch us there as well um you can also find our website which is the gapodcast.com it's got links to everything we talked about today on the show including past episodes of the show and um you can also find us on podbean as well if you'd like to find us on that which is where our new hosting is for this show and that's all thanks to our patreon members who are helping uh put this on every week so thank you to them uh you can go to patreon.com slash GA podcast if you want to help support the show once again thank you so much thank you for the new hosting uh, it means that our website won't uh, crash hopefully won't fall over yeah <laughs> every time people try and, to download it and and it gets pushed out as soon as Luke pushes it instead of it for fucking nine years having to go through me hmm. ten yeah. years ten years for ten years it's had to go there's been a step where I've had to get the file somewhere yeah and then get the file from there into the rss feed and yeah i remove that, that step to happen. That, that i've you're one step away you've done so well luke <laughs> you're one step away from removing everyone from this podcast entirely except for you yeah uh you're right there you're so close so close it's like one of those uh a taunting like if you can just outlast me you'll have won the podcast yeah. well uh, i've might say I've got an AI that's actually been listening to the show and we're, we're getting close to doing the Job AI and then we just oh, won't yeah. even need you anymore. No, that'll be perfect. It'll just, just uh, be this AI talking about how he hates every single game and we just run it over the top easy. of everything. Yeah, yeah, it'll be indistinguishable. Just like, and he, instead of uh, ums or ahs, he just says fuck and occasionally drops a C-bomb. <laughs> yep. Easy clap. Yep. yeah that's it um so yeah nice. anyway thank you to our patrons absolutely patrons patrons yes. um i think that's the show you got anything you want to pimp out for this week that you've been working on um like i was saying before i head to the red bull gaming youtube page uh probably by the time this comes out i don't know they keep pinging me to they're like oh you've got to promote it we'd love it if you could promote it on your socials I'm like I can't see it. Like how am I? I can't fucking. I haven't seen it yet. I don't know what it. Like please tell me any what details am I at for? all. Yeah. But anyway, uh, it's a it's a Red Bull response. Basically, um, Red Bull Twitter asked a bunch of questions, and uh, people answered those questions, hmm. and then we responded to those answers. I suppose uh, on behalf of Red Bull. Uh, so Red Bull Esports or Red Bull Gaming's Twitter asked the questions. So uh, yeah, this is on this episode is Rainbow Six Siege, uh, and I believe I give uh, G2's Kanto Ricchetti some shit uh, about his performance at the Invitational. I don't know if that's I don't know if that made the cut or not, but I definitely did it in the shoot for it and. Uh, the other guy so it was they do it with 
two of us, uh, me and, and Raven, uh, one of the casters from ESL. Uh, he was he was thrown when I was giving Kanda Ricketti shit. But uh, whatever. Whatever. I was right. Fuck it. Um, cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Should be entertaining. I've got an idea. Like I said, I haven't watched it. But uh, it's worth watching whenever it is available. Nice. Yep. All right. That's the show. What about you? you I anything? don't have anything. It's Sweet. so quiet. <laughs> Right now. yes it is it's absolutely weird. nothing um yeah that's it that's all we've got uh next week i guess we're back with more final fantasy talk some spoilers and hopefully uh, a few other games maybe some uh some fallout you want to play some fallout joke yeah no i don't fallout fallout 76 it's on steam i don't want i just don't want to play fallout 76 you'll play you'll play when you see me and nate playing and you'll be like damn damn those guys are playing fallout i should uh, play some fallout and then you'll install it You'll play 20 minutes and be like, I fucking hate Fallout. And then you'll uninstall it. Yep, that does sound like me. And there's next week's show. Can't wait. All right, so before we go, though, we've got one more thing. Uh, we talked about it before, Monster Train. We did an interview with the CEO and also the designer of uh, Monster Train. So that should be pretty interesting. What did we talk about, Job? Uh, a lot of stuff. It was Without giving spoilers, it was, uh, obviously. It was a... <laughs> I guess there are some cross wires about what exactly we'd played, uh, but um, yeah, we basically talked about the genesis of the monster train idea and how it came about. Uh, Matt, uh, Mark rather spoke about how uh, he doesn't want to describe it as a combination of a deck builder and a tower defense game, which is uh, which is good because that's how I have pretty much exclusively described it. The entire time yeah. uh so yeah we get into that um it's a uh, i thought it was a pretty good chat um like we had a good discussion about yeah what what they're doing with it and why why there haven't been more deck builders because they seem like such a easy easy win to me they make so much sense the deck building rogue like or roguelite game um just makes sense i don't know they i mean obviously yeah. they're very complex to fucking design and balance so that makes it a bit tricky but yeah anyway i think it's a good chat mark cook uh from shiny shoe uh yeah yeah it's good definitely listen so um give that a listen uh drop us some feedback let us know what you yeah. think should we be doing more of these should we like if, if we earlier in the podcast or yeah glad that it's at the yeah, end because this one goes for about 20 minutes 30 yeah. minutes yeah, maybe it's pretty long but um, yeah. I, th- I think it's a good um, chat. I don't know. I felt like I dominated the conversation a little bit. I didn't give you a lot of opportunities to talk. No, we got we got through everything yeah. that we wanted to. Like there was stuff on there that I think you covered that I had in my list that we wanted to talk about. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was. I felt like it was good. We could probably talk for longer, but probably could have. Uh, yeah, <laughs> especially because I think yeah. the thing is so when you listen to it, I think. So Mark thought we were playing the beta, not the preview build. Uh, yeah. And so he he he's careful with what he's talking about because some of the stuff uh, isn't in the beta build that we had played already. So I think he dances around mm-hmm. those subjects a little bit. And we definitely, if he hadn't been dancing around those subjects, we definitely could have gone even like deeper on some of that stuff. But 
I don't know. It is what it is. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, have a listen. Yeah. Enjoy. Like, it's not easy to patch the public beta because the full game is so different now. Huh. And it's just a few weeks, like in terms of features and like bug fixes and like, we don't want to break the public beta basically. So um, due to limited resources, we don't have an infinite amount of QA or human time to, you know, verify that we can take certain fixes and so on. Um, we haven't been able to patch the public beta as much as I would have wanted. Uh, yep. But of course, when we launched it, we thought it was going to be out for two or three weeks, not hmm. 10 weeks or whatever it's going to end up being. Um, so um, because we are not updating it, a ton that's why we're getting diminishing returns because like yeah. the, the the issues that are the most common you know, have all been fixed in the full game but we can't give that to people right now mostly because of you know lack of resources but um you know yeah so that's really the main reason but people are still enjoying it we get uh we we put a feature in the game where you can press a button it's the map to the f8 key by default and type in your thoughts which has been fantastic. We've gotten a lot of like great feedback via that, but we're still getting people saying that they love the game. So that's encouragement to like, okay, well, even though we feel guilty for not being able to support it as much as we want to, um, we're still like getting that kind of positive reinforcement that people are still enjoying it. And, you know, of course we have the knowledge that like all of these great improvements are going to be in the full game when it comes out. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, are there any, can you give us any examples of uh, particular ones that are, you uh you've seen a lot of um like oh in terms of like players complaining about specific issues yeah Yeah. sure um so one of the top ones is one that we 100 percent agree with and changed uh right away as because like we encountered it the same way as we were playing the game um in monster train you're going through the nine rings of hell one of the places that your train can go to is the concealed caverns Mm -hmm. and the concealed caverns are where there's like a little bit of exposition, a little bit of story. Um, and then the player is faced with a variety of choices, what the choices mean and what they do depends on what event you're in essentially. Um, but there are some of them where you can kind of gamble on a reward, so to speak. So you can trade either coins or health to, uh, in one in particular, to potentially get an artifact. And artifacts are these like things that give you passive benefits throughout the course of your run. Uh, And Monster Train, of course, is a deck building roguelite. So it's got this rogue roguelite kind of structure of permadeath and run based uh, structure. Anyways, um, you can get a reward from the concealed caverns. Mm -hmm. And after you've already invested like coin or health into it, and then you couldn't skip it. There are artifacts that you don't want to take if you especially are in late game and have a certain strategy built and the specific one that was the most complained about is called volatile gauge which randomizes the ember cost of your cards and ember (laughs) is like mana yeah yep um so maybe you've experienced this too uh that that card can be really good if you build your deck around it yeah but if you built your deck around something else you don't want to be forced to take it. And it feels like doubly bad because it's supposed to be a reward, right? Um, yeah. So one thing we've added now that's in the full game already mm. is the ability to skip those rewards to gain coins. Um, so you still get something out of the transaction, so to speak, and you don't have to take it, which, I mean, we think just completely eliminates the issue. Um, so absolutely fantastic change for the game overall. Um, and that's one of the ones that's not, sadly, not patched into the public beta uh, just due to the effort required because of the amount of changes and the risk that we might break something else if we do that. 
yeah right yeah fair enough that i mean that that makes a lot of sense uh it, it is one of those you know those things you 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 do want it to feel like a reward right and i guess like the in in these deck building rogue likes rogue lights uh whichever one <laughs> i don't want to start any wars um but uh yeah like that idea of not taking something is so critical to the gameplay like structure uh, it's it's almost as critical as or sometimes it's more critical than choosing to take something and so like it, but it's it's one of those things that you don't realize is important until you're like balls deep in the in the deck building system right and yeah so it makes a lot of sense that, that you'd want to continue to give people that option i like the idea of giving them a raw to, anyway i mean i wouldn't people just be happy with not having to take anything at all like uh possibly but you know we think you've expended resources to try to get that yeah um so we think you deserve something uh and also the way that the kind of map structure works in monster train where you can choose to go in a different direction left Mm -hmm. or right uh in most map sections to kind of decide Mm -hmm. what reward path you go on just the fact that you chose a path with the concealed caverns means you skipped something else you could have gotten on the other side. So, yeah, so the, it feels yeah, it feels a little bad those, to get nothing. Those ice caves, right? Like the yeah, they're yeah, the ice so caves. You see them on one side or the other. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, like no, it definitely makes sense. I like yeah, it was just a uh, I don't know. It's, I'm so used to being brutally punished all the time <laughs> in deck builders. Uh, like, why why do you think there haven't been more deck builders? on in pc games it feels like you know you look at games like uh dominion and stuff mm-hmm. uh ascension like even when they're converted to video game form they're they're better they're not necessarily different but mm-hmm. they're just better because a lot of the fiddly yeah stuff the rule sets are very easy to understand exactly like a lot of the the mechanical stuff is sort of done for you why, why do you think you know, it's only until recently that we've seen deck builders on in in video games. I have no idea, to be yeah. honest. <laughs> you guys came up. I, I was doing, I was doing some reading. You guys came up with this in like a, a jam, right? And we did. Were you always going to make a deck builder, or was that uh, no? So, no? like the idea for Monster Train came out of a studio wide game jam, basically, um, yep. where we spent. It was like maybe four or five weeks exploring with multiple like sub teams of people um, exploring all kinds of different concepts. Um, You know, we had one team that was focused solely on VR, for example, during that time. So we looked at quite a few different ideas and different game genres and so on. Mm. And the uh, original Monster Train prototype was actually very different from the final game. I mean, that's usually true. There's like some things that were similar, but some things were extremely different. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was real time. If you can believe it, that was one of the mm-hmm. things we wanted to experiment with. What if it wasn't turn-based? So you restored mana essentially over time. Uh, okay. And you drew cards kind of over time as well. And things transpired in real time. And it was up to you to like make decisions and, and kind of try to deal with uh the enemies that were still climbing to try to get to the top of the tower, which is kind of, that's still really the, the fundamental uh, thing yep. you're trying to stop in the game. So that hasn't changed. Um, but 
Yeah, it was uh, it was not a deck builder initially in that initial prototype. Then we were like, it seems like this could be interesting. Then we switched it to turn base, and then we thought, okay, why the hell did we try to make it real time? Well, you have to try <laughs> some stuff to like try to find some ideas, but it, it was just too chaotic, um, and the game was much better for being converted back uh, into turn base. But so yeah, I mean, it's still a card game. Yes, it was a card game at that and time. And you were just like snap, like trying to playing you know and throwing cards out as fast as humanly possible like or as <laughs> well, fast as the mana would allow yeah well as fast as mana would allow and if you imagine like what if you got one mana every five seconds so you, i mean it's not like you're casting cards like a machine gun right so um you're still like having to think there were still moments of like okay i need to do this here i have to wait to get enough mana to cast whatever it is i want to cast here mm. um but other things are still transpiring in real time. And it, it put like, there was a little bit of something interesting. Like it always put a pressure. As soon as you had one mana, it was like, if you could cast a card, should you? Because things are still moving on. So there was that, there was some interesting tension around like kind of waiting to get three mana to, let's just say, to cast a bigger card that did something bigger. Yeah. Um, but still, you know, ultimately we decided not to go down that path. Um, but I, I think as a studio, like we, we have a lot of people that like card games. Hmm. With a lot of Magic the Gathering players, uh, we are still interested in pursuing like all kinds of concepts. Like, how can we how can we make different types of card games that are interesting? That's that's an interesting design problem for us. Hmm. Um, and so, Monster Train is one expression of uh, that kind of design interest. So, was the interesting aspect for you guys having the multiple floors? It sounds like that's something that was there pretty early for you guys. Yeah, that was there from day one, basically. So. Um, yeah, I mean, the so original prototype... Like a... I'm sorry, you go. Okay. Uh, the original prototype was like a castle, uh, and you were trying to protect your treasure. You were still playing as the monsters right from the outset, um, and it was like little treasure hunters that were trying to come in and get your treasure. Right. Um, but yeah, the multi-floor thing was uh, kind of like a concept to try to bring positional-oriented gameplay uh, into this genre, where that was an kind of important element, and in a kind of expression that I don't think anybody had seen before. And kind of like also the original elevator pitch was this is a cross between a deck builder and a tower defense. Um, And we decided to stop trying to describe the game that way because tower defense is like its own genre and a loaded term. And we are not in that genre at all. So we stopped talking about it that way. It was more like, yeah, you're actually defending this kind of like multi-floor tower, so it's a tower defense, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think when but, uh, when Job was was talking about it, you might have even even brought up that sort of that's exactly connection. How I, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that's how I still mentally frame it is uh is, is like that because I like I mean I understand why you you wouldn't want to continue to frame it that way, but uh, I think it's just the 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 shorthand version right. when you're trying to sell someone on on this idea is uh you know forgive the comparison but slay the spire tower defense is uh how i've described it to many other people they should play it uh and i mean they they, they're in immediately as soon as i say that uh yeah it's it's just a a very interesting combination of ideas obviously it does stray away from tower defense but it's one of those things where you're like well, yeah, it does, but uh, not everyone has a three-hour-long podcast where they can explain at, at length why. It's <laughs> right. <different>. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, it, it is like as I, I love the way it's grown. I love the way it's grown into uh, 
you know the the deck builder roguelite that it is i, I think it works so well uh i, I just, well, I just remain flabbergasted that we don't see more deck builders because they seem like especially with the gaming culture's obsession with roguelikes or roguelites mm-hmm. or yep. both like you know it, it seems like such a an easy one to arrive on and and yet we rarely see it you know uh, do you think do you think it's because of the the amount of card games that are out there i mean there are so many other card games that are desperately not rogue uh like deck builders even like not even close to deck builders i mean i think people confuse you know like hearthstone right you, mm-hmm. you, you make a deck so they're like oh that's a deck builder but it's not that and there's there's a i guess a bit of work you need to do to make people understand right that difference yeah i mean from like a strategic point of view for our studio i think that's like a more competitive landscape that's way scarier uh you know for the same reason you're saying now like there's there are less good rogue light deck builder games out there in comparison to like hearthstone magic arena uh gwent like these head-to-head uh, I guess artifacts coming back soon. It sounds like, yeah, um, so like, yeah. These <laughs> there's all these big players, huge players with like extremely well known IP yeah. um, in that space. And so you know when we were like going around and talking about the game initially, when we were like pitching the idea to publishing partners, and of course we're working with Good Shepherd now. Um, you know, a lot of people were like, "Well, why don't you make it more like Hearthstone?" We're like, "Well, we don't want to. Like, we think that's like." you know, not the right idea for this game. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's like head to head gameplay is super fun, but mm. I think deck building gameplay is really compelling too. If you get it right. I, I think maybe like what's been eye opening to me, is just how much iteration it takes to make one of these like actually good. Um, and I think we've benefited massively by a couple of decisions. Um, and one was a very long beta period, essentially mm. just how we scheduled the game in the beginning to have like a long, long amount of time. And I'm not just talking about the public beta that we have mm. and still appreciate all the public beta testers greatly. Mm. Uh, but even months before that started a private beta where we had, I think around like, there's around a hundred people in it um, that started, I think I want to say around January um, or maybe December. And the amount of like, you know, just like that one example I gave earlier, like, oh, it feels bad when I'm forced to take this reward. Yeah. There's been like a thousand things like that that we've fixed. Yeah, and right. it's it's impossible, I think, as a dev team to predict what all of those things will be. Um, so the amount of, this is kind of like, I think this is what Blizzard has admitted publicly too. Like the Blizzard polish, you know, isn't necessarily like all their developers are gods. Like I'm, they I'm employ a lot of really great people, right? But like yep. the Blizzard polish is because they spend tons of time just like find all the problems, fix them, find all the problems, fix them over and yeah. over and over and over yeah. um, until like there, there are no problems left basically. Um, yeah. And so I, I, you know, we don't have the budget that Blizzard does to work on uh, Monster Train, but I feel like the way that we structured development has allowed us to... Um, solve a lot of those types of things so um, I don't know like I I think it's hard to make a good card game no matter what Uh, no matter what if you're a deck builder or not um, it's just it's difficult but yeah I still have no answer for you as to why there are not more deck building 
roguelites. It's weird, eh? Um, <laughs> you've got multiplayer. Uh, I like when I first heard that there was multiplayer in Monster Train. My mind went immediately to um, like Underlords, right? Auto chess, because yep. I've always sort of uh, my analog for what auto chess exists as is a hero deck builder. You know, like you. Sure. you you're sort of building a deck in the same system but you're not um it's not like that at all it's more like a race right uh like how did you guys arrive at that that area yeah so our uh, we've got i guess we say we have three multiplayer modes but the one you're talking about is like the one that feels like synchronous right so that's called hell rush in monster train so um hell rush was once called hell royale as a hint as to where that might have come from (laughs) (laughs) um yeah we were just like brainstorming we're like okay we have the opportunity we think to do more with multiplayer and where that came from was just like some types of technical decisions that we were making uh about the game uh were like panning out well and uh, that's something that's different about monster train that's like it's it's a little bit subtle outside of hell rush but it's a little bit subtle but there's like a lot more connectivity going on in Monster Train in comparison to most games in our genre. Um, like, just as a quick aside, like you can copy a link that you can paste into Discord. You can just click on it, and it'll go to your run results in the game. Like, uh, we have a lot of stuff stored server side to make it easy to share amongst players for like challenges and so on. Their their run history, blah blah blah. Um, and so that was all panning out well. And we're like, okay, let's like, what can we do uh, given the constraints that we have? to make like a, an interesting multiplayer mode. So we had kind of like a, a wide brainstorm. And someone was like, what's a deck building battle royale look like? And it sounds so dumb when you hear that. You're like, what <laughs> the fuck is that? <laughs> but uh, it, it was like, okay, let's sit down and actually like try to come up with that amongst our other ideas that were proposed. Um, and so I've played a good amount of PUBG. Um, mm-hmm. There are other... Uh, <clears throat> Royale games, battle royale games that I would love to have played, but haven't had enough time, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but so I'll use PUBG metaphors. So we're like, okay, what what's going to be the equivalent of the blue circle uh, that's closing in upon you yep. uh, between rounds? And we're like, well, what if there was a there was a timer? So there's like, you know, a, there's a timer ticking down. This is how Hell Rush works. Like you're mm-hmm. there are between two and eight players playing simultaneously. You are all playing with the same seed, the same random choices, like everybody's got the same decisions so you are being tested under a time pressure so you can kind of think of it like a like a speed run but we were thinking of it like the blue circle is closing is kind of the metaphor there um and what it would mean in our world and so what happens when you run out of time is you can you just stop being able to make decisions and we turn the speed of the game up to like uh ludicrous speed is what they called it in space balls and i think that's a good name for us here um a lot of people, when they first see that happen, just laugh out loud. Uh, and I think it's funny, too. It looks hilarious when the animations start playing out so fast. Um, but then it just tries to like come to a conclusion. Either you've already set up your defenses well enough to win the battle, or you don't, and you've lost. Um, and <laughs> right. then the last man standing wins. Or if multiple people are able to actually complete the run fully, which is pretty rare, um, then whomever has the highest score is the tiebreaker at the end. Yeah, nice. Uh, is there any uh, like skill-based matchmaking that's working on in the background, or some sort of ranking system that's, that's like putting people together? There's not right now. So right now it's just totally random matchmaking based on who's available. Um, I think 
if Monster Train is the success that we hope it is, mm-hmm. that probably becomes more relevant. Um, yep. So, yeah, I, right now it, I, yeah, it's really interesting to think about. Like that seems critical when you have like a synchronous PvP. Like just imagine a Hearthstone or a Magic. Mm. Um, you you want to try to create an environment where you're matched with people of like similar skill. Sure. And I think it's still relevant in Monster Train, but like slightly less so because of the like weird hybrid between synchronous and asynchronous gameplay that's going on. Um, so yeah, we've definitely like, like directly competitive, but it's not actually like uh, PV, like it's not actually conflicting, you know, like right. the, the, the multiplayer isn't a conflict between two players. It is a parallel sort of test of skills. kind exactly. of Exactly. So it might not be as important. It might be, a bit of a bummer i guess with the amount of stats you've got it like you've got a lot of stats already so uh you, you're setting yourself up if it comes to that is that the case or uh yeah well it's not something we're working on right now we've definitely thought oh. about it um yep. for skill-based matchmaking but yeah we we've got every single run that's ever played in monster train is recorded on our servers so uh we see all kinds of data about all kinds of people. So I think we have a lot of the tools we would need to create a skill-based matchmaking system mm-hmm. uh, if it's necessary. And frankly, I hope it is necessary because that means the game's doing well. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, just, I guess, touching on that a little bit further, you just mentioned like you, you record all the game data. Are there any, um, I guess, surprising play styles or metas that you sort of seen come out of the game so far that's really something you didn't think would happen or that like is just blowing yeah, your yeah. mind no well, that's a good question i mean there's like enough data now that we can't like review every single thing but yeah um i think some decks have been pretty funny with like uh trying to go for as low cards as possible and trying to think like how can this deck actually how does this actually work? So, um, yeah, we have like a pretty rich UI within the game to look at a run result. You can see all the cards that they had, how they were upgraded. You can see all the artifacts that they had. You can see how well the person did in battles and so on. Um, and this stuff's super easy to share. It basically creates a URL that you can just like paste anywhere and click on, and it'll take you straight into the game to see that page. Um, so yeah, like some of the decks that have like three cards in them, you're like, what the hell? How, how did this person even get three cards in their deck? And how, how does this even function? Um, and a lot of them are like kind of infinite loop draw combo things where we're like, ah, we may need to nerf, uh, (laughs) the stats on some card to make that not as good as it is. But, um, I think that's been kind of like the, the funniest thing is always the outliers. It's like, how did the hell did this work? Or like some deck that has 90 cards in it which was due to a bug, but it was still, they won the run. It was like, you had 78 copies of the same card. I'm like, you must have been drawing <laughs> that five in hand or more every single turn. How the hell did this win? Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it, is, it is fun to be able to have that that type of access. Are there, um, what, what's your favorite clan and an ally to go to play through at the moment? What's your favorite? Uh, well, here's where like, I don't know where my hands are tied. Because we haven't revealed all the clans, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. So one of my favorite clans is one of the unrevealed ones. Um, I think I've described it somewhere. So I think I can say that what it is high level. It's called the Umbra. And um, they're kind of... Every clan has a variety of game mechanics that are unique to it. But 
kind of the main theme of the clan is there's these little characters called morsels and morsels are these little tiny cute little guys that and there's a bunch of different ones um that you can eat so uh, other monsters can eat them let me put it that way um and when you eat them you gain some benefit um and so the clan is all about like trying to eat different morsels and kind of uh benefit from that in a variety of different ways and i really like to combo that one with the other clan I, this is a terrible answer uh, the other clan that we haven't <laughs> revealed which i can say nothing about i think um okay. because and the theme of that clan is death and um and just like units dying in a way that's been your units dying in a way that's beneficial to you basically um and those two combined together just created like a lot of interesting synergies i think and um that's one of the the things that i think is the most fun about just how we structured the the overall kind of like clan combinations there's these 20 different combinations there's 20 permutations of like primary and allied clan with five clans um and trying to like theory craft like which is the coolest like combination which you know like which is going to make the most sense and what uh gameplay options are available to me if i combine these two like that's a i think a really cool part of our game yeah cool yeah, awesome um I, I just wanted to touch on i guess your studio's background a little bit before we wrap sure. things up um you've worked on some of my favorite games that i've grew up playing like full, full throttle and, and day of the tentacle um mm. and is it safe to say that this is your studio's first sort of original game is that right uh no but i can totally see why you would think that i mean it's definitely our biggest original game by right. far um <clears throat> And so, and so working on those other titles that you have in the past and then collaborating with other studios as well and games like that, um, what sort of things do you take away with that experience and, and bring into a game like Monster Train? Okay, so, yeah, I mean, just as, like, quick historical background, try to not make this the entire life story, but, uh, yeah, I founded exactly. Shiny Shoe in 2011. So we've been around for... Uh, I guess coming up on nine years, uh, right. our anniversary is in August. Um, and during that time, like the first thing that we did was we made an original game. And that's usually why, usually why people start studios. And that, that was the reason why we did as well. And uh, we made a uh, turn-based giant mech battle game for mobile called Offworld. Long forgotten, right? You know, um, the mobile ecosystem is kind of interesting that they've made it like hard to... I mean, the platform holders have made it hard to maintain games long-term. Like mm. uh, it was an older game on iOS and then Apple said, everything has to be 64 bit. And it's like, so damn old we're ne and makes no money. We're never going to update that. Right. So it's just gone. Like yeah. nobody can play it. Um, so that's a little bit sad, mm. uh, but that game uh, was profitable. But an interesting thing about managing it at that time, very small studio was just like, yeah, it was profitable, but like only just so. And like just making your money back plus a little bit like you can't like do much more than what you just did so we're just like eh, like it just wasn't uh it wasn't where we wanted to be of course we wanted to have a a success that allowed us to kind of grow our ambitions um and so we decided to start doing uh consulting work work for hire like all kinds of different projects um to continue to support the the dream so to speak of building the original games that we wanted to make. Um, and so over the course of many years, we made we made a couple of other smaller original games. Probably the other most interesting one uh, was one that we launched in 2017 called Death's Door, which was an MMORPG played on Twitch and Mixer. 
um, through like a channel where we were broadcasting the game. Uh, I think the elevator pitch on that one was like Twitch plays Pokemon, except it's a dark horror MMO. Um, it was like created for that platform, not like shoehorning an existing game onto it. Yeah. Um, and that was, that was super interesting. Uh, Microsoft loved it so much that we did a sequel that was on Mixer only, uh, which was cool. Um, but yeah, like to jump back to your question, like in terms of the consulting uh, and work for hire stuff, like we've worked with a lot of amazing teams and a lot of amazing studios. Double Fine is one of them. Uh, we worked on all of the classic Tim Schafer design remasters. So Grim Fandango, Day of the Tentacle and Full Throttle. Um, and, you know, we worked with Stoic on the Banner Saga. Mm. Uh, we've done work directly with oculus and google on vr projects like there's all kinds of stuff we've done i feel like we've worked on everything like everything possible that you could work on we've worked on it it's kind of how i feel in terms of like platforms and game genres and so on um and i think what we take from that that is the most valuable for monster train which after talking for four minutes this was your actual question um (laughs) perfect for this podcast it works all right um is like uh i guess we have been able to see what works well for a lot of different people. We've been able to leverage ideas um, for like features that are not like about the gameplay, but like, Oh, Hey, if you do this, you can get a lot of value feedback, um, that type of thing. And, you know, a concrete example is that ability to like hit a button in monster train and just type in your feedback. And we capture a log file, you're in the screenshot and um, your save game, like, we did not come up with that idea originally. That came from another game. And it's like the ROI, uh, the return on investment on that has been like astronomical because of the value of like players telling us things through that feature. So um, we've been able to bring like this technical kind of expertise and discipline and production, uh, I guess like production management skill that has allowed us to do more with the you know resources that we have so um another example is our art director um his name is yujin kim he's a fantastic kind of manager and so the art team on monster train was actually really big we had something like 20 20 something artists worked on monster train because there's just so many cards and characters um and he was able to uh almost all of them don't work for shiny shoe either so I love all those guys, but like, it's hard for a small studio to carry a lot of internal artists. And this is where you like see big companies laying off a bunch of people at the end of the project. It's like, oh, well, you know, the project ended. Now we don't need more artists. Lay them all off. Um, So in some ways it's, we feel it's kind of like almost more fair because the the business deals up front. It's like, we're going to have a deal that's going to last this long. We're going to work together on this art. And then you should need to find something else after that. But um, anyway, the point being is like he's managed like really big external outsource teams of artists and we were able to do that as well for monster train in a very effective way i think so um the kind of those are the areas where i feel like we've really been able to pull in a lot of the expertise from working on those other types of projects um into monster train awesome um job did you have anything else you wanted to add before we wrap things up or um i was wondering do you have any plans on uh bringing monster train to mobile because it feels like it'd probably work pretty well on side screen uh i think the answer that our partners would want to say is nothing to announce at this time nice. i mean so and then here's my personal opinion i think it's a great idea <laughs> so do i i think it'd work amazingly <laughs> oh yeah 100 percent. yeah um, um 
Okay, yeah. we'll, we'll just... Good. Sorry, go on, Jod. No, that was the... That was the one question that I knew I had to ask. Yeah, I, I had that in my back of my mind too. Because um, I think it'd work really good. But, uh, okay, Mark, would you like to, I guess, tell people where they could, if they'd like to know more about Monster Train, where can they find out some more information about the game exactly? Yeah, absolutely. So there's two places to go. Uh, you can go to our official website at www.themonstertrain.com. Uh, it has some pretty pictures. It's a nicely designed website. You can sign up for our newsletter with more information uh, to come. You know, when, whenever we have uh, big announcements, you can get a beta key for the public beta through that as well. Um, or you can go to our Discord, which is at discord.gg forward slash monster train. Um, we've got a growing community that's like really grown fast recently once some. Um, I guess like bigger streamers started to stream our game, which has been really awesome and really exciting for the team. Um, so yeah, and you can get a key immediately on the uh, the official Monster Train Discord uh, oh, for the nice. public beta if you're interested. And that's running until the 27th. Yes. So, uh, 28th for Aussies, basically. Basically, I mean, we're in the future. We live in the future. <laughs> so uh, yeah, you got some time. It's the 10th right now. I'm just just flexing on you you know um which, yeah means just over two weeks left cool yep uh, well uh, theoretically for now for now mark it's two weeks left right <laughs> it could be it could be a while <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> yeah it could go on forever as long as covid 19 <laughs> i i don't think that's true but uh yeah i mean we we intend to launch the game and uh you know the official word is q2 2020 so it can't go on for too much longer before the actual game comes out yeah awesome and uh and then the you know all of all of the clans will be available to yes. play if you play that as yeah, awesome cool great oh well thanks for your time we really appreciate that and i'm sure our listeners yeah. would um love hearing you talk about it because we've been talking about it both of us for the last few weeks because we've really yep. dug playing it um, so it's good awesome. to speak well, to, to you about it and your thoughts and uh, information about the backstory of the game, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad you guys like it and I was really happy to, to have this chat. So thank you. Awesome. Great. Thanks. Thanks for taking the time.